Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. America, America has become a second-rate power. Its trade deficit and its fiscal deficit are at nightmare proportions. Now, in the days of the free market, when our country was a top industrial power, there was accountability to the stockholder. The Carnegie, the Mellons, the men that built this great industrial empire made sure of it because it was their money at stake. Today, management has no stake in the company. Well, in my book, you either do it right or you get eliminated. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge, has marked the upward surge of mankind. And greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. Thank you very much. Seven minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11. And this the month of November of the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly haunted, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. The talk of this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming along and joining us today on uh, this Friday. It is Friday. And welcome to day 12. It is 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, kvetches, knishes, whatever it is you might have. Uh, Michael Chiklis ought to open some sort of a he ought to open some sort of a deli in New York, and it'd be called the Knish Kamish. Yeah, the Kamishes Knishes. There you go. That okay. That's much better. There you go. Commissions, Canisius. Yeah! That's the kind of humor you can expect from today's program, right there. Commissions, Canisius. <clears throat> All right, 503-733-2970 if you would like to uh, join us today about, you know, whatever. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane. Here's the conversation I had this morning with Richie. Hi, Richie. How are you today? I'm covered in blisters. Do you want to see? And then I said no, and I walked away quickly, as fast as my legs would take me. Yeah, he's still rocking the heel. He's walking better yeah. than though. Oh, he's dedicated. He's, you know, he's playing through the pain. Richie's not a fair-weather cross-dresser. He's, uh, he's going all the way with this. He, has, he embodies the American work ethic, Sarah. Uh, you can email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. He's not looking for a handout. No. No, he's not. You weren't here for the beginning. You uh, missed the very beginning of the show just now. I was playing the Michael Douglas, The Greed is Good, from Wall Street. Uh-huh. 
You know, the thing is, I might play it again later. It's kind of creepy. You listen back at that speech now. Not just the part where he talks about and greed, ladies and gentlemen, will save that other failing corporation, the United States of America. But he has that whole thing about America. America's economic crisis has never been greater. And nightmare proportions and left. We're all going to die. Which is basically what CNN just starts, is saying every night now. I, I, just, I, I can't take my eyes off CNN. See, but can I tell you this? Last night, I, it's actually finally had the opposite effect on me. Because, you know, I go home and every, even now that the election has been over for almost three weeks, I just sit at home and, you know, and I watch CNN every night for just hours and hours, just wallowing in all the minutia of you. Well, I don't know. Who, who is Barack Obama going to be nominating as you know, Assistant Secretary of Agriculture? I can't go into the kitchen for even a moment. I've got to know. Last night, though, it finally had the opposite effect. I was watching it, and about the, and about the fourth time, Ali Velshi came on television and just did everything but start jumping up and down and weeping openly and saying, we're all doomed. I finally just said, F this. And I just started watching Futurama instead. David, CNN finally drove me away from the television last night with these endless proclamations of implosion. It's starting to freak me out a little bit. And then it was interrupted by this Barack Obama commemorative coin offer. I didn't see it. No, see, I must have I missed saw that. Too. I have it. I have it here. Do you want to hear it? No, yeah. hold on. Now, how did Sarah see the Barack Obama coin offer, it's and I didn't? Well, I've seen it on uh, on some random channel. I don't know. Not flipping through. It was it was ridiculously it, awesome. It's so bad. Is it one of those weird parade magazine company that's a celebrate our new president in twenty four karat gold, rendered in amazing lifelike yes. detail? Yes. The Barack Obama commemorative coin. We pity the fools who do not buy this keepsake. Uh, can we play that here in a bit? Uh-huh. Excellent. All right. Anywho. And then we have people choking turkeys to death while Sarah Palin is being here. Dude, can I just tell you this? I, I haven't watched that. It was buffering. I'll, I'll say that. I, I can't believe it. Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. What a country we live in. It, I, choke, choking turkeys to death, selling sleazy coins. I, I had about 500 emails this morning. People say, OMG, must see Sarah Palin turkey killing video. Oh, oh my God. LOL. And I, I read a handful of these emails while I was waiting, like Sarah said, for the, for the Sarah Palin kind of turkey-killing video to buffer. Uh-huh. Is this on RileyLive.com, by the way? It's going to be short. All right. So if you haven't seen this yet, you're going to be able to go to RileyLive.com and actually see this video we're talking about. So before we've even gotten into today's program, we have this Barack Obama commemorative coin ad, which I haven't seen, but which is apparently wonderful and terrible. Yeah. Do they, I mean, are, they, are the coins themselves bad-looking? Yes. Okay. Here you go. I mean, it, it, I like it, you. It, for a moment, you tried to gild the lily. You tried to soften the blow. It, it's American cheese at its finest. And then they have this applause that they have like ten seconds of, and they pot it up and they pot it down, sweetening the uh, response to the Barack Obama coin. And it's muddy applause. It's like from an old Radio Shack album. That is wonderful. All right. Does it look kind of like that Silver Surfer coin? Do you think they put out for the Fantastic Four? It's like a regular coin with like a sticker on the front. It's, it's just Barack Obama's face. It's even worse. Yeah. One of the photos of Obama. He it looks like he has his finger up his nose. <laughs> I'm seriously, you, it's unbelievable. They're not flattering photos. Should we play this? <laughs> well, let me let's 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 actually intro the show here. And that oh will, yeah. Because I can already tell it's a thing that's going to distract us. Yes, it is. I what we're going to do is take this country in a different direction. We are going to grow the economy. We are going to manufacture jobs, and I'm going to dislodge whatever this large object is inside my left nostril. All right. In any event, uh, it's 503-733-2970. You'd like to join us today. Uh, you can also email it. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T 
at 970.am. Coming up later on the day, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, owner of a teddy bear named Richard, will join us uh, today from the Hill. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastamon. I'm going to run my Commissioner's Canisius thing uh, by him as well. Somebody else has noted that Michael Chiklis could open a pasta place called Macaroni. Macaroni. See, if I was that Barack Obama ad, somebody uh, would have applauded just there. Uh, let's see. Can you pop me down? Because I'm about to, uh, I'm going to put this uh, turkey thing on my website. Okay. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop will be joining us from Los Angeles today. We'll try to uh, eke out a top five. Uh, Film Fever Radio. I don't even know why he's coming in. He didn't, he didn't man up to go see Twilight. You know, you're only half a film critic if you only decide to go see the good. If you only decide to see good movies, you're not a film critic. You're just a guy who wants to go see good movies. Being a film critic means you see the good movies and the bad movies. Am I right? Yes. Yes. And I'm see Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert doesn't even have a face anymore, and he still goes out. Roger Ebert is missing about 30% of the bone in his head. You know what? He still goes and he watches everything. I'm just saying. Well, Scott Daly, for reasons unknown to me, is going to come on the uh, program today and pass himself off as some sort of film critic. Trafficking and lies. Anyway, uh, what else? Geek Watch coming up today. Britney Watch coming up today. Yay. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Somebody that I once found kind of hot had a kid, so that's over. Uh, let's see what else. Somebody I've never heard of is apparently the world's hottest woman. Uh, let's see. You're going to get a free can of uh, soda from Dr. Pepper because of the Chinese democracy thing. Let's see. In other news, Chinese democracy, I have to keep reminding me myself of this because I keep forgetting. 17 years waiting for a record. That it exists? I know. Can I just tell you this? God love Axl Rose, and I really do. 17 years waiting for Chinese democracy. I have the whole thing in my hand. Not like a bootleg, either. I mean, it's the actual... Like, from the record company. Lisa Wood got the... She gave me the hookup with this. Holding it in my hand, the completed, store-ready Chinese Democracy album. The entire thing. Have I listened to it? No. I'll put it here underneath my Muzak CD. Maybe we'll play it later. Probably not. Uh, let's see. What else? Well, a whole bunch of other stuff coming up today. Your phone calls. And uh, sometime this hour, uh, our two final packages of lift ticket giveaways. Uh, that is sometime this hour. Uh, the two random on-air callers, you win uh, some lift tickets. And then by the end of the program, we're going to announce the winner of the brand-new GNU brand snowboard. It's the last day I can make that joke. The brand-new GNU brand snowboard. Barack Obama coin. <sighs> Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. Children are forced to sleep in a chicken coop at an Oregon farm. The star of Twilight makes a terrible fashion mistake on the Hollywood red carpet. Washington Mutual slash 1600 jobs, mostly in California. The Blackberry Storm promises to give the iPhone a run for its money. A misguided teen commits suicide on a webcam after he's egged on to do so. Michael Jackson becomes a Muslim, changing his name to Michael. You're making that up. No, I haven't. Is that a oh, Jackson that watch? amazing. Yeah. We haven't had a Jackson watch in a long time. I can't note yeah. to myself Jackson watch. Okay. And a turkey is choked to death while Sarah Palin's being interviewed. It's the best thing I've ever seen. That should be on my webpage anytime now. It's, it's unreal. It, doesn't it seem like you're watching that Pets or Meat uh, <laughs> woman from Roger and Me? You know, where, you, where Roger, where, where, uh, Roger Moore, well, Michael Moore's trying to talk to her about the economy. Meanwhile, she's bludgeoning a bunny to death. Oh, and then, like, ripping its skin off and everything. Yeah, I mean, 
This is the weirdest thing ever. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm upset about turkeys. You know, you, you gotta gotta kill it before you can grill it, as Ted Nugent would say. I don't care. It just seems like if you're a politician, you might pick a better place to be. Let's see. Can we interview her with some wildlife being slaughtered in the background? That'd be great. No, try to get some slack-jawed, toothless yokel to stare blankly at the camera through the whole thing, too. Well, well I understand. In defense of Alaskans, this was from a local Alaska television station, which may be normal. It's the sort of thing. Maybe she's used to it. You never know. Like two out of three television channels in Alaska Uh just have something happening while turkeys are being killed in the background. Uh huh. (laughs) All right. Whatever. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you? Hello, today? a lot better after I've seen that Sarah Palin video. Yeah, now that did you... the greatest thing ever. Now, have you? Now you've actually watched it now? I've watched uh, some of it, not the whole thing. Oh so no, the whole a bunch of listeners sent it to me. The though. best thing about it is about two minutes in. You st- and by the way, if you haven't seen what we're talking about, I, I apologize. We'll explain it all here in a second. So I, I we're, we're kind of watching it again. We're sort of doing a high uh, a high incident thing where we start with the uh, you know we start with uh, with B and then we're gonna go uh, with uh, with C we're gonna go back and do A and B here in a moment. The best part about this Sarah Palin video about which everybody will be talking today, it really is gonna fill the zeitgeist. Is about two minutes in when she's trying to make some point about something or other. And can I tell you, I've seen that Sarah Palin video like nine times. Couldn't tell you what she said. You put a gun to my head. I couldn't tell you. You know why? Because there's a turkey that is dead, yet keeps twitching in the background for like 45 seconds. So is that like a grinder, or what is that? Is it I don't another know. Another again? Sarah Palin's going, and also, I have to say that in the background, there's this turkey going, <laughs> like for like 90 seconds. She's at a turkey farm, and this is from, uh, I guess, K2 um, in Anchorage. They have their own not K2. Not the K2. No, it's a poor imitation. It is the, the Alaska version of K2. Uh-huh. Well, all right. So it should be up on my website any time now. There's a lot of traffic to this video. Jesus. 479,000. It's the best hits. thing. I was just looking at that 500,000. Seriously, it's one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. I love this country. And the turkey screams, kill me already. You know, can I, can I tell you this? That It can be tempting to look around this fading republic of ours and feel like everything is just shot to hell and we're all goners. You know what I mean? Economy crumbling. Nobody, you know, the, 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 no jobs anywhere. Uh, they, they call that thing downtown a holiday tree. Just seems like the America we knew and loved is slipping away, lost forever. Okay. But then, in the space of a day, there's this horrible Barack Obama commemorative coin commercial, and Sarah Palin interviewed while a guy is killing animals in the background. And then, you kind of breathe deeply from the elixir of life, and you say, "God damn, it's good to be alive." All right. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Do you remember calling me last night to tell me about your Christmas party idea? Yes, oh, I know what's going to be. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, Chris, I was out with Kristen from accounting and my friend Kelsey, and we were brainstorming, and I came up with the best Christmas party idea Now, ever. are you going to say it on the air? Yes. Okay, go ahead. All this right. Is, okay. This Let's is Sarah Dillon's uh, Christmas party idea. I don't want to make anybody mad, though. This is not, not like... That's true, all right. This is not for not for us. This is for Sarah Dillon's private Christmas party. All right, it's going to be Please called... Please to explain. It's going to be called Sweet Baby Jesus. It's a Bible Christmas. Uh-huh. And I'm going to have... Because I have a big living room, and my friend can get um, hay and stuff, so I'm going to set up like a fake nativity, and my uh, my friend who's a photographer is going to come, I'm going to have people dress as their favorite um, person from the um, from the nativity, or from, you know, the Bible in general, and we can take pictures in the nativity. I'm going to Have your picture book. taken with Jesus. Sweet Baby Jesus, it's a Bible Christmas. We should totally... Oh, we should do that as like a money-making thing like instead of have your picture taken with uh, santa have your picture taken with jesus i was gonna go to goodwill and try and find a baby jesus today we could do show. like it we could charge like five bucks for that we'd totally make money on that a little money you know that's a way to monetize as les moonves would say all right wonderful all right it's uh 503-733-2970 uh, just a couple of things one 
I'm not going to play the thing right now, but you know, earlier this week we were playing that theory of a dead man song that I hate my life. And it starts with that, you know, so sick of the hobos. You know, on MySpace, you log into MySpace and there's that thing where it says, like, it tells you what your friends are doing. You know, like Sarah. Status thing? Yeah, Sarah has just posted a new blog entry. Or like, uh, you know, Kristen is now friends with whoever. Can I tell you, every single time I've logged into MySpace over the last couple of days, it lists, uh, and it's all dudes, like, a bunch of my friends is like, has just added Theory of a Dead Man as their profile song. Oh. All kinds of guys on MySpace uh, that are friends with friends of mine, they've all begun adding that song. I told that to Chris Paddock. I'm like, look at this. Your target demographic loves this song. They all have? I don't see anybody. Who's Not all it. of them, but I mean more than a few. I mean, I've noticed multiple guys... Uh, who are my friends on MySpace who have added that Theory of a Dead Man song as their profile do you have a, song. Do you have a song on your MySpace profile? Uh, yes, it's one of my own songs. Oh, it's by a band? I wonder yes. if I can look at it. Am I allowed to say the name of your band? You're not making any money on it. Right, I'm just Actually, neither am I, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Bada bing. Wow. Oh, yours is by a band called The Wonderstrucks. That's so weird. The Wonderstrucks. Yes. The Wonderstrucks? Yes. When everyone else is picking that other band, but, you know, yours yeah. is The Wonderstrucks. Yes. Mine is The Mountain Goats right now. Oh, thank you. Uh, all right. Well, in any event, uh, it's 503-733-2970. All right. We'll back up here in just a moment. And we will talk about uh, this, the Sarah Palin thing. We'll talk about the Barack Obama coin. You know what uh, we should do? Coin. During the noontime hour, we should play them in the order that they appeared on CNN last night to kind of relive that evening. So to sort of recreate it for those like me who just turned out. Uh-huh. You know, I tuned out after like the ninth time uh, that Susie Orman just said, No, and I would advise you to go live underground in a cave. And I was just, I can't take this anymore. And I just turned it off. Uh, oh, by the way, Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer will join us today. We'll get phone calls in a second. A couple brief notes. So, uh, because I missed it last year, and, and there was some unpleasantness uh, brought to bear because of that. Now, she's not even able to hear me. <gasps> Is it Lars' birthday? I'm going to wish my wife, uh, actually not till Sunday, but I want to wish her a happy birthday in advance. She's uh, out of the country right now. We are so proud. Look at how far you've come in a year. That's what I'm saying. So uh, this coming did Sunday... Did a lot of people write you to remember you? Yes, they did. Uh, you, I don't think you were here uh, when a, a woman actually called the show the other day. She's like, by the oh, way, was... your wife's birthday is Sunday, you bastard. So How my do wife's... you remember this? I don't even remember anybody's birthday. Because uh, there was a whole thing about it last year when I forgot and then there was some ugliness. Anyway, uh, so my wife, I swear to God this is true, I talked to her last night. There's three great things here. A, my wife this coming Sunday is celebrating her birthday. She's in her... 30s. Um, she is going to be celebrating her birthday. This is what makes her a cooler and better and more interesting person than I am. Last time I had a birthday, I think I just sat at home and ate sponge cake. Um, my wife is celebrating her birthday in the city of Copacabana. <gasps> so there you go. Should we play the Copacabana song for yes, her today? Yes, Barry Manilow. Yeah. See, there you go. How cool is that? It is cool. So she is celebrating her birthday South of, well, not just south of, like in South America, uh, in the city of Copacabana, which I do believe is actually in Bolivia. And I told her, she was telling me this last night, she's, and see, and this is not to go on and on, but this is really why, this is why she and I work really well together, because we're sort of intersecting circles, not exactly the same, not totally different, kind of the same. She just on the spur of the moment decided to go to Bolivia, which I think was not on her agenda. But she's like, but so she already hit Machu Picchu and all that. Stuff. Yeah, she already went to Machu Did you Picchu. Say it was just incredible. Yeah, no, she's. Did you go up to that thing next to Machu Picchu, like the really high high mountain where you can see it from? I actually, I don't know because I actually told her I didn't want to know about it on the phone because I knew it was probably a huge big thing. Because mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain, of all people, 
who is just like the coolest guy ever. He actually said that it's the best place he's ever been in his life. And that's a guy who's been everywhere on planet Earth. So I told her, I'm like, you know, wait and tell me the whole Machu Picchu thing when you get home. I don't want to know about it on the phone. Um, but she goes, she goes, well, I think I'm going to go to Bolivia. And I said, really? And that's another country. And she goes, yeah, but it's right over there. I said, well, and okay. Honestly, when you get over someplace like that, like when I lived in London, uh, if you want to for the weekend, it's like, oh, it's just a train ride to Paris yeah. or, you know, like a 45-minute plane ride to Am- or like, you know, to wherever, to Ireland or wherever. Well, and I told her, you know, as a guy, I was legally required to tell her this. Bolivia is great because that's where Butch and Sundance, you know, run to. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid are like, let's go to Bolivia. And then, by the way, she was going to, I'm quoting this now, she had to get off the phone because she was headed to the gateway to Lake Titicaca. The gateway to Lake Titicaca. Just so you know. There you go. Excellent. This is for you, Laura. Hey, this is a remix. I think it's the 98 version of the song. Did you ever listen to the lyrics to this song? This song's a lot darker than people think. You know, everything ends badly in this song. You think it's a real upbeat number? I mean, it really is. A, it's a song about despair. Maybe the chipmunks ought to do this, Chris Payne. <laughs> uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello there. Hey, Rick. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sarah. What's up? Hello. Uh, I got a corny joke for you. Yeah. So you might want to get the sounder ready. Okay. Uh, what is Detective Vic Mackey's favorite gum? I don't know. Michael Chicklet. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. All right. Are we okay, breaking here? Video has been posted. All right. Okay. So uh, I'll give a little bit of background, then we'll break. We'll come back with Lisa Desjardins. So last night on CNN, we should just keep this Copacabana rolling underneath here. Um, last night on CNN, they were apparently hawking Barack Obama commemorative gold coins, which are apparently just the worst things ever made. Wait, can I see them again? Do you have the, you have They're the pretty amazing. Oh. oh, those are awful. Right. Order so, now. We'll play that commercial. And then Sarah Palin was interviewed last night while standing in front of a guy who, I swear to God, was killing live turkeys on television. Yeah. Did you see those coins? It looks like they pushed back his hairline. Yeah. That isn't even his hairline. It looks like they're trying to make him look more receipty. So because it's Friday, we will play both of those uh, things later on. We'll play the Barack Obama commemorative coin ad. We'll play Sarah Palin being interviewed while chickens meet their maker in the background, or turkeys, or whatever they are. Uh, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, your phone calls, and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Excellent. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up, <coughs> pardon me. Coming up later on, Cena Radio Correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, James Rube coming up and some guy who wants to correct me about the Copacabana. That'll be fun. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill. CNN radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you today? Hey, I'm okay. How you doing? I am fan-freaking-tastic. Wow, I am happy to hear that. That yeah. is great. All right, then. Um, All right. So, uh, just a couple of things. Uh, just so we can talk, uh, I always want to mention this, because I was, it, I mean, it, it is a big deal, but I mean, it was just sort of weird. It just kind of came out of nowhere. So, so, so the Attorney General was talking to the Federalist Society, and he just, like, fell over. He collapsed. 
That's right. I mean, I mean, which is and so what is the? I mean, is he okay? Is he uh, is he all right? What is the status? He's of? back at work. He's left the hospital, and he, we understand. We don't know if he's you know in his office yet or not. But he sent a letter to uh, Justice Department employees this morning saying that he planned to be back at work later this afternoon. They ran, of course, extensive tests. Uh, in the hospital, you know, MRI, your CAT scan, uh, your stress test, check your heart out, and they say he did great. In fact, they said that, you know, on the stress test, he, you know, uh, beat the machine. So they, they really, there's no explanation for what happened, but they say that no sign of a stroke, no sign of any heart problems, so he's free to go. So he's fine except for the randomly passing out and falling over yeah, in public. Yeah, except for that. And, you know, when you look at the video, you can see why people were really concerned because, he not only did he pass out, but he was repeating a word, you know, and it's kind of saying almost indicating like a very serious kind of. Um, yeah, he went all Stockdale. Yeah, it, <laughs> but it indicated a really serious, maybe inner brain problem, um, like like a stroke or an aneurysm, that kind of a thing. But uh, they say no. Now you remember, if you've seen the movie Dave, we don't call those strokes anymore. Those are slight circulatory issues of the head. Yes, that's right. Right, and for all we know, they actually did find another guy that looks kind of like an older white former judge and moved on. All right, then. Um, okay, so I'm going to read this directly off the prep sheet. It says, about Congress and automakers, the powers that be at Ford, GM, and Chrysler are waking up with what might be a do-or-die task. I don't really know what that means. Is this a different do-or-die task than they had the other day or the one they had 20 years ago when this happened? Which do-or-die task is it they have today? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a fair critique. Um, they now have been, Congress is now saying that they have until December 2nd, automakers have until December 2nd to present their detailed business plan, exactly how they would spend taxpayer money and exactly, uh, how they say they would pay it back. No, wait, let me understand this. Am I, does this mean that before this, like that they, they weren't expected to explain how are they going to be, they were going to be using $25 billion? Like that wasn't already understood that you have to tell us what you, you try to borrow five grand from the bank, they demand to know what you're going to do with it. Well, I think the difference is in the details that they were providing. They had uh, presented, we understand, some congressional leaders with the general outline of their problem, you know, and, and I think that they were, that I think you're right, though, that they were asking for kind of a broad, uh, a broad amount of money to spend as they needed it in the way that the Treasury Department has been doing with the bailout money. But, of course, this is a private industry. So, you know, they, they were presenting um, facts about their industry, facts about their individual companies, but they were not presenting these kind of detailed dollar for dollar. Here is exactly what we think we need. Here is how long we think we need it. And, you know, they argue that right now the economy is in such flux that they can't really predict very accurately how bad the problem is going to be or how much money exactly they will need. But nonetheless, Congress is saying that's fine, but you got to give us something more, and and that's what they're required to do by December second. It really does seem like they're almost going out of their way to be as unlikable as possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's like they've it's like they've taken that weird like that Tom Cruise how to get how to get chicks course from from Magnolia or something. They're just trying to be as off the charts unlikable as possible, thinking that we'll somehow go well. They they have such a rakish charm about them. Let's give them everything they want. Right. I Ugh. I think that. Uh... They have that problem. Right. And I, I think that there are some up here, say, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she, the, the corporate jet issue, uh, them flying to Washington in their corporate jets, you know, she sees that as emblematic, but it, to her, uh, that's not the bigger issue. To her, the problem is uh, Detroit has been 
really uh, behind in, in their own industry, and she is not necessarily convinced that they have completely caught up and that they're ahead of the game yet. She also says uh, she, what she's really miffed at is that Detroit has come and changed their own story with Congress uh, twice in the last, let's say, month and a half or so. First saying we want congressional support for this merger, then after that saying, oh, wait, no, we're not going to have a merger. Uh, you know, what we need is something else, and then saying, nope, nope, nope. Right. What we need instead of that is we've got a liquidity issue, so we need problems with cash. We need money. We need cash from you. So, you know, she's saying we in all of this within just week after week, they were getting different proposals. Everything was changing with these guys, and, you know, it was getting a little frustrating. Uh, I know you got to skedaddle here in a second, but yeah. uh, is Barack Obama Obama going to make Hillary Clinton Secretary of State? I think it's up to Hillary Clinton. Is there any reason she would not take such a job? She thinks if she thinks being in the U.S. Senate is um, a better path to the White House. But I mean, wouldn't you rather be one of one than one of fifty? I mean, it's uh, well, or not hundred or no, not if you. Well, you know, I don't know this. There's no reason to think that, this is only just how I look at it. We're not hearing any of this from the Hillary camp, but. She's got to analyze how well she thinks Barack Obama is going to do as president and how much he could eclipse her as secretary of state. Will she really have a prominent role or not? You know, will she be, you know, how how big will will she have to kind of step back a little bit because she's not the president or uh, will she be as much of a public figure as she is now? I, I think that chances are she probably won't be as public of a figure as secretary of state, at least not in this country in the rest of the world, probably. But as a U.S. senator, she you know she can she has free range to do whatever she wants with whomever she wants and pick whatever issues she wants. So I think she also personally really is devoted to to domestic issues, uh, to workers' issues, healthcare are two of her biggies, and education, and she really wouldn't be working on those issues that have been closest to her heart for a long time. So I think she's got to consider that as well. All right then. Uh, all right. So you on Monday. I am planning to be here on Monday, yes. All right. Have a good weekend. We will talk to you okay. very soon, Lisa. Thank you. All right. There you go. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Wonderful. All right. Let's get the, the, the Somebody wants to correct me about Copacabana. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. Hey. Hi. Well, Copacabana, that I used to live in Brazil, Copacabana is actually in the state of Rio de Janeiro. It's a sort of like a very luxurious neighborhood of Rio de Janeiro. So there are several now, but somebody told me, so I'm reading this now, I guess there are several Copacabana. So there's the Copacabana, which is the club in, in, wait, so now I'm confused. Is there, is it a, in the Barry Manilow song, Sarah, in the Barry Manilow song, is Copacabana, is that the place in Rio de Janeiro or is that a club in Havana? I'm thinking of that, in the song I think it's a club because she was a showgirl at the Copacabana. All right, maybe it's how there's like a Portland, Maine and a Portland, Oregon. So maybe there's several Copacabanas. Oh yeah, yeah. If it's if it's a if it's in South America, the only Copacabana that I actually ever heard because I used to live there for almost 18 years. Uh, is Copacabana is a neighbor, very uh, uh, expensive neighborhood to live um, in Rio de Janeiro. Maybe they've started to franchise it. Maybe it's like a Maybe. planet Hollywood. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they're just like have little Copacabanas everywhere. Yep, probably. All right, All right. thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are, there are eight dif- nine different um, references to Copacabana. So it is a neighborhood of Rio de Janeiro. It's a New York City nightclub, a Bolivian town, a, a town in Colombia, a beach in the Croatian city of Dubrovnik in Australia, a song by Jack Feldman, Barry Manilow, and a film right. starring Gretchen Marks. So she is going to the one, the small town of Bolivia. Mm-hmm. So that's where she, or, or she was there. I don't know, it's all very confusing. All I right. thought she was there today. I don't She called me last night. And she was, there was a whole bunch of things merging together in the call. Bolivia, Copacabana, Gateway to Lake Titicaca. 
So I just, it's all kind of one big wash of, like, I keep, I just keep going back to the fact that she walked past a pile of monkey skulls and never thought that, and let me just say this before I get, we'll get some more calls and we got Steve Casterman coming up. So, I don't mean to, to, you know, to complain, I'm just saying. Did you all about the monkey skulls? No, I'm just, you know, before she left, she and Jason Crump actually uh, talked for, you know, because Jason Crump, of course, is a photographer extraordinaire. She actually talked to him quite extensively about what camera to buy, because our digital camera was kind of biting the dust anyway. She was like, this is a good time to get a new one. You know, what should I look for? And so Jason Crump from Vanished Twin gave her this whole, like, lowdown. Like, what to get in the camera? Here's what you want. You don't need waterproof, but you can get water-resistant. You want this kind of memory card. You want it to have this kind of megapixel resolution or whatever. And um, she's like, okay. So she gets this camera, found a great deal of a camera on Craigslist, takes it with it. It's small. It's compact. Holds a lot of memory. And then we're, we're talking on the phone, and actually Jason and Aaron were in the office with me. We were talking about... Um, Jason and Aaron, then we're talking about something that actually I'll make an announcement about here in a few. We, uh, I meant to do this earlier on the show, but we have a... Oh, about the thing? Yes, about the awesome. thing. We have a big announcement we're going to make, uh, and I'll get to that here in just a bit. But So Jason and Aaron are sitting in my office, and Laura calls. I'm like, hey, i got to take this. It's Laura calling from Peru. And this is the same day she was talking about, I had a bowl full of larva that tasted squishy. And I said, I'm going to be sleeping on an island made out of weeds or something. And, and I said, well, what else? And she goes, well, I walked by a pile of monkey skulls. And I had her on speakerphone, and immediately Jason and Aaron like, did you photograph it? Well, no. Why would you want to photograph it? Well, because it's a pile of monkey skulls. Oh, and then she walked by an alligator skeleton at one, but didn't photograph that oh, either. Oh, that would be cool. See, I wouldn't want to photograph a pile of monkey skulls. I feel like there's some kind of voodoo weird connection. Bring it home with that. you? Yeah, I don't want a picture of that. Next thing you know, the Maybe camera. Maybe that's what she was thinking. Maybe she was trying to protect you. Trying to sleep and the camera's turning itself on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't expect it, Richie. I was hoping to be random enough for some ski tickets, but I guess not. Do you actually have content or anything you'd like to say? Sir? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Did you guys uh, happen to catch The Office last night? Uh, no. I don't really watch The Office as as often as I should. I catch it. Oh. Basically, I'll watch The Office if I go home and my wife is watching it and it's on. I'll sit down and watch it. I'm not opposed to it. It's just I don't. I just haven't made it made it part of my routine, unfortunately. Well, it kind of coincides with what happened with uh, the microwave situation. Uh, Pam actually found the uh, microwave to be disgusting, and she did post the note, didn't put it in the drawer. Really? Yeah, so it all, <laughs> next time she went in the break room, everybody was standing around looking at it and thinking somebody thought they were all high and mighty, and who's this person that thinks they're so great, and they just went ahead and left it for somebody else to clean up, but they have enough, you know, no, but you, to, you can't leave us hanging. So who was it? Who was the person defiling the microwave? You know what? I don't think they, they didn't even say. They, they, I, I figure it was probably Jim or something, but Man, that no. would have been made it even good. But uh, hey, who yeah, is the hey, what is the name of that character on the office? The uh, the hot Middle Eastern chick. You know that uh, she's, like, she's like Lebanese or what or something. I can't remember her real name. Shelly. Shelly. Yes, she boy. Uh, she I, how great is she? She's hilarious and she's hot. Unbelievably hot. Yeah, I, everybody, and don't get me wrong, that Pam uh, uh, girl, uh, she's, uh, I'm a big fan of her as well. But, uh, yeah, The Office is a, you know, and the thing about The Office is, here's the great thing about that show, is that everybody on there is more or less aesthetically pleasing, although there's some folks on The Office that are flat out weird. Mm -hmm. But everybody on there is, you know, more, more or less attractive. Like nobody's outright grotesque. But in a way that's not really flashy. Like that Pam, you know, uh, mm -hmm. she is completely, uh, you know, she's very hot, but in a way that you absolutely buy. Mm -hmm. Like she does not distractingly hot. Same thing with what's her name? It's Shelly or whatever her name Kelly. is. Oh, Kelly. She's Kelly. In, uh, you know that Creed guy? Yeah. He sits in the back. Yeah. <laughs> he, on the Halloween episode, he came dressed up as... Uh, 
as uh, the Joker. Oh, was that the thing where they, I think I saw that, was where like three different guys all came as the Joker? Oh my God, and was Michael one of them? Did Michael dress as the Joker? No, I see, no. I, he didn't, but like, but everybody else did. And they were all doing, you know, they were all doing that. Smile on that face. That was awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Right. Thank you. Best show ever, Titty Caca. Right. Thanks so much. <laughs> uh, no, there was a great episode. Uh, right, I need to start watching that show more too. It's hilarious. I, and I have nothing against it. And every time I watch it, it's, you know, you realize what a wonderful show it is. Mm-hmm. A little awkward to watch, you know, the same way that the British one was. Not, it's not quite as mean spirited as the British office Michael was. Michael is no David. I mean, don't you want there to be a crossover episode though, with David be. Brent and the, you know, and Michael sort of run into each other at some point? But there was this episode where um, there was like some sort of ping pong battle that was happening, and so Jim was going to end up having to play, you know, play ping pong against Kelly's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Kelly and it was doing all this, like, uh, this smack talking. She was doing all this trash talking to Pam. And uh, I don't know, that was, the, that was the episode where I really noticed uh, how funny that actress is. She has a bunch of webisodes, and she has her own, like, shows online. Really? A ton of them, yeah, and she is really, really funny. Yeah, no, she's, uh, yeah, she's pretty great. But that, The Office, though, is like, I was, there are different kinds of shows, but The Office is like King of the Hill in that regard, where... I just never, ever, ever make a note to sit down and watch King of the Hill. I mean, it's been on for like 13 years. I don't think it's ever been appointment viewing for me, but I've never sat down to watch King of the Hill and regretted it. I've never watched that show and gone like, that was a wasted 22 minutes. It's always funny. You always laugh. It's always a high-quality show. And it's the same thing with The Office. It gets done. You're like, by God, what a fine show that is. I need to watch it more often. You know what else is like that for me? Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's like I, in the future, I will be able to clone myself and there'll be like a self that just watches sitcoms. There's going to be a self that just watches dramas. Be a self that just catches up on like uh, Britcoms that I've downloaded from the inner tube. I know. I still need to keep watching Mad Men. I only watched the first episode of the second season. Ah, see, you got it. The second season is, yeah, the second season oh. is exemplary. It's it's quite it's wonderful. So, all right. Well, in any event, it's uh, 503-733-2970. That's welcome out of the Rick Emerson Show. And by the and the author did a watch out for snakes uh, reference a while back, which is great. Steve Kastenbaum, hello, sir. How are you today? Okay, watching uh, the stock market just go up and down, up and down, up and down. Watching the stock market is like watching some sort of horrible security surveillance film from like a bad beatdown in a Seven Eleven, but you're watching it over and over and over again in graphic detail. Yeah, it's really frustrating because <laughs> you know there was a time when you know. If the if the Dow moved, you know, like 50 points in one day, it was a big deal. And now, you know, during the course of one day, you could see it swinging 200, 300 points several times into both positive and negative territory before it, before it closes. It is, I mean, it's really like a, it really is just a gut-wrenching thing if you, if you pay too much attention to it. And I was actually saying in the earlier part of today's program that I watch CNN every night uh, religiously, and I got into that habit about six months ago, you know, in the primary season and, and all that. And then, you know, a lot of people I know, you know, when the election was over, they're like, okay, I'm going to take a break from the news. Not me. I continue to watch CNN every night. But last night, for the first time, I think in, I don't know, I think in the first time in a long time, about 25 minutes into Anderson Cooper last night, I kind of went, I need to watch something else. This is freaking me out. Because Ali Velshi would get up there, and he was just becoming progressively more spastic about the whole thing, about just... It, uh, it's just gesticulating wildly and sort of little flecks of spit coming out of his mouth as he's just screaming about how we're, the world is shot to hell and we're all we're all doomed and we're going to end up living in the back of a garbage truck. And then they sort of back it up with Susie Orman and her one pair of earrings coming on the screen. 
and really saying everything but batten down the hatches, girlfriend. And I just, at a certain point, I went, I can't take this anymore. I, I have to watch something soothing, you know. And I just ended up watching Futurama or something. So, anyway. Yeah. What's the deal, by the way, with the one earrings? I'm not familiar with that. The deal with Susie Orman, who I do love, by the way, I can only take her in not even small doses, but limited doses. Like, I can watch Susie Orman for like an hour. And after that, I kind of got to I gotta pull the ripcord for a while because she's very, it, it's just a, it's a very, you know, it's like a very uh, sort of like a, she's, it can be a brutal experience watching her because she just pummels people. You'll get some jackass family. You know where where the you know where the dad has a job like putting the caps on toothpaste tubes, but they've purchased a nine million dollar home, and they're they're unclear about why they can't quite you know like make make the nut every month. And Susie Orman will just take a verbal sledgehammer to them, which is satisfying for a little while, but then he kind of got to you got to bag out of it and watch something that's a little more upbeat. But the deal with Susie Orman is I don't know if it's true or if it's a shtick or if it's just like a thing she says because it like underlines her sort of you know philosophy of being responsible. But she's got like a jillion dollars. She's got these, she's got these one earrings, and they don't even look like gold because they're kind of dull. They almost look like brass, but I mean they're not brass. But they're, they're these sort of dull gold earrings that she wears, and I, she wears them every single day. It's the only pair of earrings she will ever allow herself to be photographed in or filmed in, and it is strictly so when somebody calls up and they go, uh, "Susie, um, look, I I want to go out and I want to buy a, a fourteen thousand dollar television. Now I'm on unemployment right now." Uh, but I really do feel like this television's a good uh, investment because it'll keep me from going to the movies more often. And Susie will just cut him off and she'll go, I want you to look at the screen right now. Do you see these earrings? These are the only earrings I own. You know why? They were inexpensive, they look good, and they go with all my clothing. I don't need new earrings, just like you don't need a new television. Look at the screen right now, Jim. Can you see my picture on the screen? Yeah. Can you hear my voice coming out of the television, Jim? Yeah? Then you don't need a new television. You are denied. Bam! And then she points again at the earrings, like as a punctuation. Then she moves on. So that's her shtick. Oh, there I you see. go. Okay. That's it. So. It, it, uh, I, 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 well, I hope she washes the earrings from time to time. I'm just, uh, I'm just, you know, whether it's true or not, it, it works for her. It's a good sort of, a, it's a good gimmick to use. Uh, I, I want to ask, I, I'm dying to ask Ali Velshi how he feels about Susie Orman because he was also on Oprah with her on the same episode. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm dying to hear, you know, the, the behind the scenes, you know, story and how he feels about her. But I don't know if I can repeat what he said. It depends what he says, you know. I mean, in other words, so are you going to like, what is this? Are you like going to get him drunk and like drill him about it or? When he's walking down the hall, I'll just say, hey, Alex, how do you really feel about Susie Orman? What's she really like? I Here's the thing. Is, is she's, I, I get the feeling, you know, they are sort of, they are cut from the same kind of cloth, but perhaps purchased from two different stores, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they kind of come from the same place, uh, but, I mean, they, they do have very different tax. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they do, they do different, they do a different thing. They each do something different. Yeah. And, and, but they both require... The same amount of attention when you're watching them. Yeah. You know? Well, there, yeah. uh, Susie Orman is the bad cop. Let's just put it that way. Susie Orman is like, Susie Orman is like that, she's that, like that super teacher in all those 80s movies where it's like some inner city school where like, damn it, I'm not going to give up on these kids. But then uh -huh. the teacher really like, you know, the teacher sort of like, you know, is like a real kind of a drill sergeant, kind of a hard ass, but that's because she cares about these kids. Everybody else may have written these kids off, but I know that they have greatness within them or whatever. Gold, Goldie Hawn and where she was the football coach. Uh, in Wildcats starring Woody Wildcats. Harrelson. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Also, 
but but Ali Velshi is more like a camp counselor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ali Velshi is sort of like uh, Susie Orman is like a really tough school teacher that's not going to let you off the hook. Damn it! Um, I'm not going to let you fail yourself. Whereas Ali Velshi, he's like one of those uh, Tony Robbins. He's like a like a like a self help guy. You know, where where he's yeah. on TV late at night sort of screaming about, you know, like, you can awaken the giant within. Call now. <laughs> uh, all right. So where are we at right now with, uh, with uh, just, you know, the, 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 the just, suffering just and the, the course, doom? Just in the course of this conversation, it, the Dow went back and forth in, in negative and positive territory. Now it's up uh, just about five points. You know, earlier in the day it was... It was up like 150, then it was down 60 points. It keeps going around and around. And, you know, the uh, the other day, Ali Velshi was in here doing a year-end uh, piece recording, and, uh, and afterwards I was talking to him about, you know, I took all your guys' advice. You know, I took some of my uh, my paycheck a couple of weeks ago when you said that now's a great time to get into the market. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't spend a lot of money. I'm not, certainly not a rich guy. I don't have a lot of disposable income, but I spent a little bit of money on some stocks. And I said, you know, I, I was looking at my portfolio the other day, and, it, and it's now down 27% overall. And so the response I got was, yeah, it's hard to look at, but, you know, look at it this way. You bought the stocks at about a 50% discount. Now people are getting it on sale like 75% off. But in the end, it's all going to go back up to the regular price. Well, that is, see, that is the cold comfort that everybody kind of gives, keeps giving themselves, is that, like, you're, you have more buying power now because everything's selling for, like, four cents. Is it true that City Group is now worth less than Home Depot? Not that Home Depot is not a fine store, you know, a great company and all, but I'm saying like they're like a banking group, uh, and they're like worth less than the place that sells hammers. Let me give you a little uh, snapshot here. GM, the price of GM stock is now at a point that hasn't been seen since the Great Depression. That's how much the stock is worth right now. Uh, Apple Computer, at one point it was approaching $200 a share, Apple Incorporated, I mean. It's now selling uh, for $80 a share. And that's a company that's in really good shape. Uh, well, let me give you one more here. Uh, GE, right? Uh, GE's doing really well. Good company. The, the, the outlook down the road years from now, you know, you're still going to need people to build uh, electrical plant generators for many years to come. It's selling at $13 a share right now. 13 so, 13 GE General Electric. You know, so that's what right. hey, if you've got the money and you're going to be willing to just leave it there, park it there and go back 10 years from now and uh, go go in 10 years later, I mean, and take a look at where it's at, you're going to be happy. But you're going to be riding a roller coaster for the next couple of uh, months. Uh, you know, here's the, at least Jack Welch is taken care of. That's really what counts in this world. You know what I mean? At yeah. least, uh, at least that guy is, you know, able to buy a new vacation home this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Big plans for your weekend, sir. My plans are to just – you ever have one of those weeks where you just want to sleep the weekend away? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, I'm going to have one of those. Excellent. Good for you. And now are you actually going to do it, or is that just a thing you'd like to do? Well, my wife's going to make me go out and <laughs> – you like the way I just sort of fell into that stereotype yes. there? Uh, we got to go shopping for uh, Thanksgiving food because we're hosting our first Thanksgiving for the family. Oh, have fun. Oh, I wish I was is you. Is first Thanksgiving together uh, well, as a married well, couple? As a married couple, yes. And so we are taking on the duties now of having the family Thanksgiving in our new apartment. Well, I'm really envious. I wish I was doing that. Not really. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll sleep for you. Maybe you'll feel rested. Maybe like a proxy sleep sort of a thing. We're already fighting over the menu. You know, I'm going for the, the traditional heavy stuff, and Joy wants it to be nice and healthy and light. The, the heavy, you should, you're, you're, the next time she starts telling me, we got to have healthy food, 
just jerk a thumb toward the television and point like at the point at the market and just be like, you know, well, we got to live for today, baby. There may no, there may be no tomorrow. That's great. I'm going to use that. That's what I'm saying. All right, there you go. go. To the supermarket. I mean, the, you know, the, the the market doesn't get you. It's going to be zombies. So I mean, you might as well just uh, you know drink deep from the cup of life, sir. Well, I'll take pictures and throw it up on my Facebook page, uh, and uh, maybe we'll get some of them up on Sarah's blog. All right, excellent. All right, my friend, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. See you. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. And so forth. Hello, Tim Riley. How are you today? Oh, we have all kinds of things to talk about. Yes, we do. Interesting program. All right, the Barack Obama commemorative coin. Sarah Palin stands in front of a turkey killer. Your phone calls and more when we return. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Indeed. Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Mindy Kaling is her name. Uh, she's the one who plays uh, the Kelly, Kelly? Okay. in the office. She's got her real name is like some something I can't possibly pronounce. But she, her professional name, she is known uh, in the in the industry as Mindy Kaling. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Uh, somebody thought I was talking. Now I'm not talking about. I want to clarify this. Somebody said I was talking about Rashida Jones. Now, that is not – she's the girl. She plays – what's her name? Uh, Karen. So that's Quincy. Karen. Yeah, that is Quincy Jones's daughter. Uh, also attractive. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Mindy Kaling. So who – yeah, Well, Todd said that she's the um, – she's also a writer and executive producer for the show. Yeah, and so I'm looking at this, I'm looking at her Wikipedia entry here. Now, yeah, she's actually written – She's written, I think, at nine different episodes here. So, uh, yeah, so beautiful and talented and amusing. It's 503-733-2970. Also, fitting all three of those descriptions, Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. It's Friday. While others are taking it easy, we have a big show planned. All kinds of things to keep you amused. Other people phoning in on Fridays, Tim. Not us. Not this show. I don't go near the phone. No. And no one ever calls me. Meanwhile, children are forced to sleep in a chicken coop at an Oregon farm. State officials went out to investigate a report of neglected and store horses. Well, they found six children in a chicken coop. This happened in Lynn County. Deputies found that one of the children had been forced to sleep in a chicken coop. Deputies on duty said they don't know what the relationship is between the children and the person owning this place, which is very strange. So is this like the... Uh, all right, well, never So mind. they've arrested 62-year-old Richard Reed Stevens. Wait, so they don't know these are his kids? They could be just kids from somewhere else, though? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. sheriff's office is looking to report that 35 horses were starving or lacking water. The state police were looking into possible deer poaching, and the BLM was there to remove wild mustangs from Nevada that he adopted about a month ago. What kind of stuff is going on Seriously, here? Seriously, what, what kind of hell ranch is this? Possible deer poaching, wild mustangs, kids in chicken coops, abused horses. horses. All right, somebody needs to go to a timeout like forever, just from everything, from being allowed to interact with other living things. All so right. they've already rounded up the horses. All right, and but the kids were chick- sleeping in the chicken coop. Meanwhile, a seven-year-old uh, Gladstone girl has had plastic surgery, not because she's vain; it's because she was attacked by a pit bull. We talked about this story the other day. When the dad brought the girl to play in the backyard with a pit bull of a friend, and, well, you know how pit bulls are, just a matter of time it happened. They tried to beat the dog to death with a bat. Didn't help. A cop had to shoot the dog. 
Uh, five Portland banks are heading for some tough times, according to a new report. So none of these banks are doing well. Which ones aren't, really? And those are local banks. Two people were killed, two others injured in a crash involving three vehicles on Highway 51 west of Salem this morning. The crash occurred one mile south of Highway 22 uh, just before 7 a.m. A car traveling southbound near mile post 1 slid broadside into the northbound lane. It was struck by an oncoming pickup truck. Uh, the car burst into flames. Uh, mile post 1? Mile post 1. That's it. You don't really ever hear about mile post 1. It's always like no, mile marker 275. Mm-hmm. Mile post 1. So that is... That must be the junction of Highway 51 and 22. Okay, so that is... Um, yeah, mm-hmm. one mile south. So well, it's one mile uh, south. That's so bad. Mile post one meaning one mile from the beginning. Uh, thieves have stolen cards from gym locker rooms. Federal prosecutors say a Renton man is behind a fraud ring that stole iPods and computers bought with credit cards from gym locker rooms in Washington State and Oregon. Gabriel Jang appeared in district court in Salem along with an associate, Billy Britt. On charges of wire fraud and aggravated identity theft, investigators allege that Mr. Jang took more than $3 million since 2001 by making sales on the Internet auction site, the eBay. According to the feds, Jang had associates steal credit cards from gym locker rooms in Oregon, Washington, and even Georgia. It alleges they would use the cards to buy items at retail stores, then turn the items over to Jang, and Mr. Jang would sell them on the Internet. Isn't Mr. Mr. Jang sounds like... um. Mr. Jang sounds like a fictional mascot for some sort of a company. Come on down to Mr. Jang's house of value. And Mr. Jang would be like a dancing grape with a crown on his head. Or not. Or maybe. With a scepter. Well, it's a holiday for construction in downtown Portland. Apparently, they stopped for a while. Do people shop downtown anymore? What is the point of stopping construction when everything's still blocked off, though? I know. That's, I mean, it's not like you can... Do, remember that construction that was out, out front of Grand Central the night of the election or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I ever got it cleaned up. But what is the point of stopping? It's not like the road is so fixed. they leave all the crap there, and people were, like, dancing on top of so it. So keep yeah. working. Don't stop. There should be no holiday. Do I speak for everybody here? Holiday for construction. Get your ass back to work. Fix the road so I can drive. Holiday for construction. They did construction. put up new street signs downtown. Did you see that? Well, but I like how they position it as though it's some benefit to us. And the street's going to be torn up for longer. Well, it's going to help Santa and carolers... Who are coming to town soon? Santa Anna carolers and carolers and Santa and hey, and they still didn't fix the potholes. No, no of course not. No, because no, it's a holiday from pothole fixing, Sarah. All but right. not for sign hanging. Hey, you know what somebody told uh, uh, told me we should do? And by somebody, I mean Joni, because I was I was lamenting that I didn't know what we're going to do this Christmas because we did. You know, we've already done behind the Christmas, and we'll do that. I mean, we we did a live radio play last year. Uh, Ebenezer, I barely knew her. We'll replay that. I will resist the urge to fix uh, a couple small mistakes in post. I mean, they they bug me every time I think about it, but it seems wrong to go back and fix a, a live radio play in post production. So I'm not going to do that. No, we pulled it off pretty well. I'm going to be a purist. Don't make mistakes. No, no, no. I'm going to be a pu- I'm going to be a purist about it. Joni keeps you're going to fix a couple mistakes. And I'm like, no, I can't. It, it, the live radio play, we will play it back as it was performed. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't know what to do this year for Christmas. I got nothing. And um, and she was suggesting that we have Rick Emerson carolers. And I was unclear. I'm still kind of unclear what she means about that. I think she was suggesting. Do we have to carol? See, but that's, I couldn't quite figure it out. I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, they'll sing about the show? She's like, no, they'll sing regular songs. I said, well, who? And she said, you know, like you and Sarah and Aaron. And I said, well, Carol, where? I'm not the biggest fan of singing in, pub, in front of a lot of people. Not no, and I don't know that anybody wants to hear us sing. And she's like, well, no, it'll be great. And, you'll, and I said, where would we carol? She goes, you know, places. 
So I don't think she's really thought it through in her head. I don't think there'll be anybody around to listen. No. So I've uh, I have no idea what we're going to do for Christmas this year. I have no. I mean, even in like the week leading up to Christmas, I have no. We usually do something, but I don't know what it's going to be this year. I, I'm completely I'm, I'm out of oh, ideas we'll right now. I'll figure something out. Yeah, yeah maybe go... a caroling thing would be kind of cool, kind of like a SantaCon kind of thing, except for with Brick Emerson listeners. So it would be us and a bunch of listeners, we would go carol, like, where? At an orphanage. Are there orphanages? Let me I ask you this. So. Are there for homeless drunk people downtown. Carol to the homeless. Um, the uh, the uh, Are there actual orphanages around here? They're, they're probably called something else now. They're not called that. Yeah, I was going to say. Is that's like foster... That's Dickensian. Probably state family facilities or some such. Some 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 name to fool you into thinking there's something else. We could go to like um you know up on East and they have like those battered women's shelters and stuff, and we could go sing up there. Boy, that sounds that sounds so wrong somehow. The battered women want to hear Christmas carols. Oh yeah, they probably don't want to be around men. No, that's what I'm saying. Unless hold I see. I'm not gonna say anything. No, I didn't. I didn't. Because it's gonna make me sound like an ass. Benefit from Christmas cheer. It just sounds wrong. Let's go sing to battered women. I mean, it just sounds terrible. There's nothing wrong about that statement, but doesn't it sound awful somehow? What if we're showing some of our gal pals with the same? I like to go sing to battered women. I mean, it just sounds weird. There's something really off-putting about that as a concept. Richie could be like the the ringleader of this. Like, that's going to be less Rochelle disturbing. Some of a huge Vietnamese guy in high heels. I've come to sing to you. I mean, it's just very... Oh, that might be weird. a welcome sign for the holidays. For battered women, you're saying? Yes. Okay. But it doesn't have to be battered women. It can be battered in anybody. Batter. I barely... All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. A Eugene man is setting up a contest to give away his home. Three bedrooms, two bathrooms, hot tub, beautiful view. This Venetia home is ready for somebody to move in. The owner, George Tran... Would like to see somebody else make the house of home. The Eugene resident bought the $250,000 house as an investment in 2005. He said he later spent $50,000 to renovate it after a tenant wrecked the place. Brand new appliances replaced them all because of bad tenants. Now, out of $300,000 for the place, he wants out. So he's setting up a contest. And I guess uh, if you put down a certain deposit, then you can buy a chance to win the house. I'm, I'm so unclear about this. You would... You pay nineteen. You pay nineteen bucks for a chance to win. It's kind of like a lottery. Can't you just buy the house instead? You could, but nobody's buying. Houses oh, is this right like now. an eBay thing where you could like uh, you can bid, or there's that buy it now function? Mm-hmm. Hey, can I tell you this? Who here buys stuff on eBay? I have. Sarah, ever? No, I remember when we worked at KOTK. I bought the Twin Peaks box set once, like All in right. 2002. That's the only time I've ever used. I don't it. buy a lot of stuff on eBay. I mean, I have. I'm not opposed to it, but uh, like I bought Lara uh, an MP3 player off uh, eBay just a while back. But you know what? Can I just tell you this? And I think I speak for a lot of people here. I don't spend my time bidding on anything. If it doesn't have the buy it now option, F it. I don't care. I'll go somewhere else. I just I I'm, I think that's an American thing. I'm so impatient. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to spend my time competing with some other jackass to buy something. If there's the buy it now feature, even if it's maybe a little more, I'll buy it now. Mm-hmm. If I have to spend time bidding, I will move on. I will move on to another seller. I have no I have no no tolerance for that. To, if it, if, now, three days. Who has time to check back with three days? I got a life, so, right. sort of. So, all right. Now, here's Tim Riley. But I've always bought things that I like from there anyway. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with eBay. It's a great service. I'm just saying that, that the whole auctioning thing is just, you know. Well, it's to buy things you can't buy in the store. No, I mean, I guess if it was something very rare, I might actually mm-hmm. bid on it. Mm-hmm. Like if it was a one-of-a-kind collectible or something, mm-hmm. then I might actually uh, feel like I was going to go back and, uh, you know, and bid on something. But the... Uh, yeah, we just we it's something that there's many, many, many of them in stock. I have no, I have very little uh, time to go back and like be checking in for because also you know there's some jerk 
uh, in like uh, you know in, in Minnesota who's just sitting there and he's going to come in at the last second and he's going to outbid you by a penny or something and then you're just going to be filled with rage. I got better things to do. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hello. Hey. I was wondering if you saw Keith Olbermann last night. I really never see Keith Olbermann. Here's the only time I see Keith Olbermann is when I come to work and somebody says, "Hey, did you see Keith Olbermann last night?" And if if that person happens to say it to me before the show, I'll go find it on YouTube. Uh, but I, but no, I, I just don't, uh, because I only have so many eyeballs. Well, really two, I guess. And they're both busy watching CNN. So no, what, what happened? As a fat, lazy American, I was sitting around yesterday and decided for you. to turn on over. It was about the last five minutes. He wasn't actually on. It was a guest uh, host, but as I turned it on, Sarah Palin is doing an interview and behind, she's doing this interview at like a turkey farm. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to be talking about that here in just a moment. It's uh, that's pretty. Isn't that the best thing you've ever seen? I was like, is this actually happening? Yes, it is. I cannot even begin to tell you. And I'm good, good segue, sir, because we were just leading up to that. I cannot even begin to tell you how many emails. And it was probably the same for you guys. How many emails I got this morning about that? I mean, every single email was like, oh my God, Sarah Palin and turkeys must watch now. Talking and talking and talking, but there's like no words coming out, and I'm not even paying attention to anything she's saying. And, and she's talking. I like, want to marry the camera guy who's <laughs> doing that. Like as though they're not killing turkeys behind her. It's the weirdest thing. And so. it, that guy back there that was, you know, doing the the deed of killing the turkey was just kind of like staring at her, like. Ooh. Oh, he's no, he's a gum chewer. <laughs> that guy. It's you know what? Watching, and we'll talk about it in a second. But watching this interview with Sarah Palin while this guy oh. is slaughtering birds behind her. And like, and everybody, and like, no one is stepping in to go like. This is really weird. It, it's like it looks when you, like he's bleeding him out. Like, what is? Can we figure yeah. out what he's doing? Well, it's it, like it when looks you like a chicken choking machine. It, I think what it is, it's oh, a turkey choker. It's like a big funnel that they stick the turkey in upside down. You usually like find that. those in high schools, Tim. Um, oh, God, the feet are moving. And let me just. Well, no, it's twitching. I mean, and like, you know what it is? It's like if you ever used to watch uh, here in Portland, there was this guy named Jim Spag. And Jim Spag would did, would did public access TV. And he was notorious for just doing all this stuff while nude. And he would be on there like, Jim Spag's cooking tips or whatever. And he'd be nude. And he'd be talking about, like, I don't know, he'd be reviewing a movie or something. And he'd be sitting there going, like, dude, are you oblivious to the fact that your penis is exposed? I mean, it's right there. I can see your whole, I can see your penis. And he, But it was like he was completely oblivious to the fact that, like, his junk was hanging out. That's what this is like last night. You're watching this going, Sarah Palin, do you not realize that, like, four feet behind you, a guy is killing one turkey after another? So, yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a second, sir. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. All right. Here's Tim Riley. So if you want to follow along, and of course you have to see this at the same time. Yeah. This is a visual aid. Go to RileyLive.com. All right, so I'll start. And it's right. the first posting here. I'm going to go to RileyLive.com right now, Tim. And I have this all buffeted here. Or okay. Buffeted here or whatever it is. Riley Live. All right. And the title of this is Sarah Palin Doesn't Pardon a Turkey. All right. Now, before this even moving, you can see a fellow in the background and a turkey upside down in some kind of aluminum thing. So the turkey is upside down. You can see its feet. See the turkey's feet? Turkey is upside down. And it looks like a turkey choking machine. I have to say, by the way. I'm not familiar with the process myself. But the counter is all red. Could that be from blood? Is that blood? That looks like that might be blood. That seems likely. By the way, Sarah Palin is uh, apparently didn't get the memo that it's no longer 2002. She's wearing a Burberry scarf. So. And her bangs look really bad. Her stylist uh, is gone. Well, I don't, th- I don't think in Alaska, they, I don't think they get the news about such things at the same time we do. So she's at a turkey farm, and one might imagine uh, turkeys are raised here, and they are killed for your enjoyment for Thanksgiving. 
And it was a blast. Every day was just a blast out there on the trail. Any other future plans for Um, You know, plans well, just talking. Include, uh, getting through uh, the budget process that we're going through right now, building the state's and budget. And meanwhile, there's some on, guy. Uh, the price of oil that has plummeted so greatly. And then he just comes back into the frame. And he just starts, uh, so let me just turn, I'll play a little bit more of this audio here. to do with um, helping to govern this state and building So Sarah Palin's talking away. And then in the background, here comes a guy with another turkey, flapping its turkey wings. And then right there, he snaps his neck, snaps the turkey's neck. I didn't see that Oh, no. At about 110, the guy walks back into the, he walks back into the frame, and then you see him go like, and, and you see him just snap the turkey's neck. Oh, my God. And then he puts the turkey into what I think uh, we'd call a bleeding machine. And then he's just like sucking up the turkey's blood. Then he walks away, or whatever, or grinding it. Or I don't even. Does, do we, does anyone know what this machine is? Uh, it looks like a turkey choking machine. But, but see, it looks like it's already dead. But I think he neck. just snapped the turkey's neck here. Uh huh. I mean, and again, I know you got to kill. You can't cook them until they're dead. I understand that, but I mean, I'm unclear about what the nature of this machine is. So it looks like a mon pa turkey killing operation. The, by the best part, the best part is the turkey, even though it's dead. It keeps flapping around, and he's having to like really wrestle it into the tube. Yeah. He's really having to lean on it. I mean, oh, it's, God, there goes its little leg again. I mean, doesn't this seem like some sort of a fake YouTube thing? And then, and then he just turns like a slack-jawed idiot and just stares at the camera. While oh, Sarah, she notices too eventually. But I mean, do you think somebody's going, Sarah? In the background, there's something happening. But, but in in defense of the photog, it is shot. Properly, there's room on the left and there's room on the right. The framing is exemplary. Exactly, and that's the way it should be. This, she just happens to be standing in the wrong place. She's this, the most genius photog ever. This is exactly how you would set up a shot. So the Nate Baker of of uh, of, of Alaska is there. There's plenty of headroom. There's room on the left and r- room on the right. She's perfectly centered there. And in, in defense of this, this is from uh, Anchorage's or wherever she is. K2 in Alaska. Yeah. Apparently, this might not be out of the ordinary. Maybe this is their breakfast show. <laughs> Alaska's Carl Click is, uh, you know, right there. So, uh, can I tell you, whoever is filming this is going to be the Paul Lemon of it. He's going to be writing a book called. Be a like, lot of awards. Yeah, this. seriously, the turkey killing photograph by some guy. No, uh, he's doing everything he should have done. All right, hold on. Let's get a couple of these calls here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What's up? Hey, do you think the turkeys commit suicide? Somebody's got to kill them for you to eat them. They taste much better. Oh, I don't. Than I don't. Alive. No, don't get me wrong. I don't care. Kill all the turkeys you want. Doesn't matter to me. I'm just saying. If I was going to be photographed about, like, you know, political matters, I might opt to have it done somewhere other than in front of a, a guy killing a bunch of wildlife in the background. Um, it's I'm an around, odd backdrop. I'm, I'm around slaughterhouses quite a bit, and, you know, it happens. People got to eat. So I don't – okay, listen. I don't care. That's not the point. The point is she's getting – like, she's doing a news stand-up. Alaska's a big place. There's five – billion places you could get your photograph taken or your newsletter. Oh, I don't know, maybe in front of your family, maybe in front of your house, maybe in front of someplace not covered in blood. It's just a strange thing because, look, here's the thing. At this point, Sarah Palin's got to know she's not just talking to people in her hick town. She's talking to a country of 280 million people who are going to have to try to decide whether or not to vote for her. You think somebody, oh, I don't know, like one of her people would go, maybe in front of a place where animals aren't twitching after death in the background. Well, maybe it'll let the tree huggers and the people and the uh, PETA people know that, you know, hey, this is how it happens. It's got to be happening. I don't think anybody needs convincing that she's like a redneck. I think that ship has sailed. And real real quick, you you know what PETA is. Is it people who are for the eating of tasty animals? Ah, bingo. You got it. No, you're hilarious. All right. Hi. uh, Let's see. I know people don't listen. Rick Emerson Show. Hi. Hello. 
Hi. Hey. Derek. What's up? Well, the irony of that whole story is that she was in Wasilla to commute the sentence for a turkey as the governor. That's the whole point of that. How ironic that is. Now, is that true? Yeah, that is true. Now, see, people said that then, and I thought it was a joke. You know, the president pardons a turkey every year. And I thought maybe it was a gag, like, here's one turkey not being pardoned. Is that actually the reason she was there? That's correct, yes. Uh, exactly. Right. Well, that she, is hilarious. She right. picked one out, uh, you know, a big one, and said, you know, uh, I pardon you from uh, getting your head chopped off. And then she stands in front of a whole bunch of them that do. So, wait a minute. So, this is after or before the pardoning of the one turkey? That was after. So okay, well at least it's not at least it's not before. I mean, I guess it wouldn't have made any sense. I guess she has to pardon before they can continue the killing. They've one killed two. So I wonder if the other, I wonder if the turkey got pardoned sitting there going, "Good Christ Almighty," you know, well, realizing that the, the size of the bullet it dodged. It just yeah. shows how stupid the woman really was. I it's just and again I you know for the record I I don't care. Um, it's just like uh, you'd think politically speaking. You would have some media person who would maybe find a different backdrop for your stand-up. It's just, it's very strange. So yeah. that's where she just happened to stop. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. So hey, the phone you know, you know. you know. had to frame it quickly, and now they're looking at job offers from the lower 48, which you wanted all along. Seriously. Well, you know, that's what we ought to do right now is actually, we, I don't really care about Sarah Palin. We ought to, like, find the guy who photographed it. Yes. We ought to find the camera person and get him on. Hey, I'll find it in so the, the call letters are KTUU. That's their own K2. All right, KTUU. So we ought to find the camera person from KTUU and find out about this. So. But, but the other thing is, with all this going on in the background, we're really not listening to what she says, which is really I still ridiculous. couldn't tell you. So... This time, don't look. Okay, and just I, listen. I'm going to be listening. I'm okay. going to look at. Uh, I'm going to look at my shoes. Okay, she's talking. Now. We all know what's going on in this country right now. Right. And Alaska is part of this country. And she should know certain things, wouldn't you say? Yes. Uh, uh, the country's economic woes. Yet, she's still talking like this is before the last election. And especially Which, now, she should be, especially having made many mistakes during the campaign, you would think she would know the, the background of what she's saying. Correct. All right. So let's listen. It's changed me at all. I have the same values and convictions and, and positions and policies. I'm just a greater appreciation, I think, for um, what other candidates go through. You know, it's, pre it's pretty brutal, the, the, the time consumption there and the, um, the energy that words. has to be spent to, in order to get out and about with a message on a national level. Great appreciation for other candidates who have gone through this. But also um, just a, a great appreciation for this great country. There are so many good Americans who are just desiring of, of their government to kind of Get out of the way and allow them to grow and progress and allow our businesses to grow and progress. So great. Really? Let's hear that again. Now, she obviously isn't paying attention to what's going on in the country right now. Uh, okay, here we go. But also, um, just a, a great appreciation for this great country. There are so many good Americans who are just desiring of, of their government to kind of get out of the way and allow them to grow and progress and allow our businesses to grow and progress. So great. <laughs> oh, Wow. In the meantime, a turkey is being choked in the background. I mean, Sarah speaks for us all. I mean, maybe that's the only saving grace of the turkey being killed in the background is that most nobody's looks, paying attention to what you say. No, is that nobody's paying attention to this? Which is just as bad as a turkey being choked. Ret retarded garbage coming out of her mouth about the economy and companies being left alone to grow and flourish. And the government should just get out of the way. Well, no, no. Well, government doesn't need to re regulate anything at this point because uh, obviously there's no need for that. Good God Almighty! You know that I will say this though. I'll guarantee you, I could call my in-laws right now, check with them on Sarah Palin. Their opinion of her remains unchanged. This, I would say this is the one good thing that Sarah Palin has going for her. And this is really, really true. 
is that there would you agree to him that there's probably a level of support though beyond which she cannot drop there's a level of people that will just back her now no matter what because they've oh, yeah. just been told that they're supposed to and like she's just she she's she's the pick for them like she is the saving That's grace the way Jesus wants it <laughs> exactly that's exactly what it is. Um, so, uh, you know, Ezekiel saw a flaming wheel that said Sarah Palin, oh, you know, 12 on the side of it. And it, 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 there you go. Um, of, of their government to kind of get out of the way and allow them to grow and progress and allow our businesses to grow and progress. So great appreciation for God almighty. Uh, oh, by the way, this guy says the cone in the Turkey Gate video is what's known as a killing cone. The bird is placed in the cone to hold it still, and the throat is then cut. It prevents the bird from flopping around and bruising the meat. Thoroughly drains all the blood, says uh, Joe in Beaverton. Oh, that is convenient. So maybe he's not, uh, like, cracking the turkey's neck before, although it does look like it, he is. Well, I can't really tell. Um, so uh, let's see here. We got more. Let's see. Is somebody else clarifying the thing about the cone? No. This guy says, enough about Sarah Palin. Election over. Look, here's the thing. I'll quit talking about Sarah Palin when she quits being interesting. And just as I said during the election, just when people during the election, let me put it this way. Before the election, during the campaign, uh, when people, um, large, a lot of them, but not all of them conservatives who listen to the show, kept calling in, telling me to quit making fun of Sarah Palin. And, and by the way, can I now get a retroactive apology from everybody out there? And again, you know, we have a fair amount of people in the audience who are conservative or who at least voted for McCain who called up in the months before the election and kept saying I was some tool of the liberal whatever because we kept making fun of Sarah Palin. Rick, why do you keep making fun of Sarah Palin? You're you big bleeding heart bastard. And people thought we were like in the tank for Obama because we kept mm -hmm. making fun of Sarah Palin. Will you please go watch the video of Sarah Palin? Talking about the economy, clearly having no idea what she's talking about. Well, a guy is killing turkeys in the background for like three minutes. Then I want you to call up and apologize to me for demanding to know why we made fun of Sarah Palin for like six months. I'm just glad you never made me say who I thought I was going to vote for so I didn't end up jinxing it. No. I mean, if you do not at this point understand why Sarah Palin uh, would have been a great choice for vice president just in terms of comedic grist, you never will. So... I don't see Barack Obama talking in front of, uh, you know, you don't see Barack Obama talking in front of like a thing where they're tossing like pigs into a shredder or something, do you? Many good Americans who are just desiring of, of their government to kind of get out of the way and allow them to grow and progress and allow our businesses to grow and progress. So great appreciation. Seriously, it'd be like Joe Biden being interviewed while some guy is draining a septic tank in the background. All right. Killing funnel. Apparently, call. Oh my God. Putting the fun in killing funnel. It is Sarah. There has Sarah to be Palin. somebody out there who sells them. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, Somebody had to invent it. I know it's true. You know what? I want to be the guy who patented the killing funnel. Mm -hmm. <sighs> had it not been successful, then there wouldn't be anything on your dinner table on Thanksgiving. That's right, Tim. Only the funnel to kill corn. Okay, uh, break. Come back after this. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. It'd be like somebody be running for, be like somebody running for a city council in the background. A guy's just hitting kittens with a hammer one by one. And then, like, kind of rubbing his nipples. Right, back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere.
Emerson Radio Program. The Magic of Manilow. That is from uh, Barry Manilow sings the greatest songs of the 80s. I'm not quite sure what else is on there. Anybody know? Not sure. Right. On what? Barry Manilow sings the greatest songs of the 80s. Because you know he did the 50s, 60s, 70s, and the 80s. I think this one just came out. Wow. You know, you know what Barry Manilow looks like? He looks like some weird cross between sort of a 70s-era Rod Stewart and that wooden Madam puppet from Ma- from Madam's Place. Like, he's got that weird blonde rooster hairdo thing, but in, like, a totally, a totally immobile face. Or Lady Elaine Aberlin. All right. No, wait. Lady Elaine Averill? No, who's, I, I think you're, that is correct. That's who's the Mr. Different. Rogers, the wooden Mr. Rogers puppet that lives in the swirly thing? That's her. Right. No, I think we can all imagine that. Right, there you go. The theater of the mind. If only he was killing turkeys in the background. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. So anyway, after watching this turkey killing video last night, CNN takes a break and they go to the most bizarre commercial I have ever seen. <laughs> it, this is the cheesiest thing. <laughs> I mean, it's bad even for cable TV. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it's just a local avail that they put this spot in or if it's a CNN national commercial. But this must have been made with about $10. This is the Barack Obama inaugural coin. Now, should I listen to this or should I watch it? Uh, you can do both. All right. Because some of the things in here, there are some very unflattering still pictures of Barack Obama. Right. One looks like he has a finger in his nose. <laughs> All right, so, so this he, is the uh, Barack Obama inaugural coin. Then you can I should post this later, but it's at goldobamacoin.com. <laughs> goldobamacoin.com. Okay, so let's listen to this. Here we go. All right. Own a piece of American history. And it should be moving here any time now. All right, here we go. Nope. Oh, volume's not up. It up? Oh. Yeah. We are? It's up, yeah. Is your volume up, Tim? Oh, it is. Oh, oh, no, my oh, gosh. Good God. Wait a minute here. Wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait. No, all right. Well, let me uh, let me see if I can find it over here. Hold on a second. All uh, right. Goldobamacoin.com. Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. Goldobamacoin.com. All right. Limited edition. Of course. Yes. First uh, time release. All right. <laughs> Pardon me. So let's see. I've got this. Uh, own a piece of history. All right. I've got it buffering over here. All right, it's at, uh, my, Oh, we can't miss this. No, this is this is actually buffering pretty quickly too. Oh, by the way, the exclusive offer is available only till January 2009. Then it'll be retired forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. So I'm I'm looking at this here. There's, I like how it comes with a certificate of authenticity. What what would the certificate? I, what authenticity do you possibly need it proven says, to yourself? It says it's from a place called the New England Mint, wherever that is. But I mean. But what kind of all? What are they saying is authentic about? It? Like that you actually are holding it in your hand? It's not some sort so of is illusion. It worth something? So is it like a does no. it have money value? Oh, I of course, no, no, no. It's of course not worth anything. I mean, it's worth whatever you pay for. Here's what, as Bruce Williams would say. I don't say, you know it's a half dollar. Yeah, but you can't spend it. Like this isn't legal tender, is it, Tim? I don't think so. Try potting me up again. No, in fact, I know. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in fact, it, it can't be because I don't think you can make and sell your own currency. Can you, do you have any other things open to see? If well, let me see if I can get it to play here. 
All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay, so mine is so I got to let it. Uh, mine it's about thirty percent buffered right now. Okay, for some reason mine doesn't. Work. So they were playing this so before we play this. They they were showing us on CNN last night. A couple times. See, this is the problem sometimes of having TiVo is that without my wife around, mm-hmm. I, I miss out on these things. I'm not really around to kind of see uh, what they're pitching here. So by the way, they claim that it's an. Uh, so you will also receive the Barack Obama 2008 Kennedy half dollar layered in genuine 24 karat gold free. Just pay four ninety five. Uh, let's see. Don't wait, Sam, to secure your order for the special limited release. Own a piece of American history. Oh, so this is not just a Barack Obama coin. It's the oh, it's the inaugural coin. Yeah, it's the official one. All right, this will be buffered in just a second. In the meantime, let me. Uh, I here on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. One time I tried to um, start an internet rumor about Barry Manilow, and I'm wondering if you could work on it because it didn't catch on. What was the uh, What was the rumor? I'm convinced that he and Barbara Walters are the same person. I could I could almost see that, or maybe uh, you know maybe siblings, cousins. But you never see them in the same place. Here's the thing, you you know you could probably make that. The key to those internet rumors is they've got to have just a germ of believability. So you exactly. could actually say Barbara Walters, Barry Manilow. Uh, Look at their hair. Come cousins? On. Could you, you know? Yeah. We Maybe. Start I'm thinking there's the same person because the hair is exactly the same. Yeah, but see, but that's the sort of thing that somebody's going to hear, and then they're kind of, you want, what you want is traction with this urban legend. Okay. All you, right. you know, so you don't want people to go, ah, oh, it's very funny, and then forget about it. You want somebody to go, hey, I didn't know that, and then the next time, like, Barbara Walters or Barry Mandel is on TV, they'll go, hey, did you know? And oh, then forward along. So here's the deal. Uh, you, you, pat, you say that they are, that they are cousins, but... <laughs> They are cousins, but that Barry Manilow changed his name early on uh, because he uh, wanted to make it on his own and did not want to be uh, cashing in on his famous relative. Okay, I'm on it. All right, there. Thanks. Okay, well, get help. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, you were talking about eBay earlier. Yes. And being outbid the last five seconds. Did you ever use a sniping service? A snipe, like to kill someone? What is a sniping no, no, no. service? Like in Vietnam? No, it's a separate oh. website where you plug in your right. maximum bid that you want to bid on an item on eBay. Right. But it does not place a, a bid until the last two or three seconds of the of the auction, so it, so the auction price doesn't get run up. So basically, it keeps the competition on the on the item down. So now, is it uh, is it software or is it like a guy that you pay to do that? No, there's there's software for, it, but I just use the web based, and they're great. I, in fact, I don't, and I'm, I still haven't paid for the service. You know, if you refer someone, that that person gets like two or three free snipes. I'm sorry. Every time I say two or three free snipes, I'm just picturing, uh, you know, Mac Bolan looking through some sort of like a scope, you know, at like a like a mafia guy. Um, no, so they're, uh, they're, they're great. I got a I got a nine hundred dollars set of racing uh, racing slicks uh, shipped to my door for four hundred dollars last week, just because I plugged in like. The apps, I was a ridiculously low bid, and I didn't think I'd get it. But the sniping service in the last five seconds bid like sniping five more than the, than the poor, poor schmuck before me. And well, I, yeah, no. You know, there is like some. You got to figure there's like an eBay like arms race out there, right? Where there's going to be some guy who will have like the anti-sniping service he'll put up, you right. know, and then you'll have to upgrade to something a sniping service. Duly noted. Thank you, sir. I got, I got a couple other quick things. Yeah. Uh, a while back, didn't you guys have some use a uh, celebrity names like the first the first name would be the or the guy's last name would be the next guy's first name. It was like a combination of people's names or something like that. Didn't you do that a while back? Oh, oh like, like a for blended the Halloween party, like, like a, the blended. Like Emmanuel, like a like a what was Emmanuel Lewis Farrakhan? Like yeah, that I right. was Stevie Wonder Woman. Yeah, I I, I I got a couple for you if you want to hear them. Okay. Okay, Lionel Richie, Bristol Palin. Okay. And Fallout Boy, George Michael Jackson Brown. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Is that the okay. last one? 
Because that's yeah, strong. That, that's all I got. Okay. And then I got, well, I got one more thing. Uh, a correction on the uh, um, Mr. Rogers thing. It was Lady Elaine Fairchild that's, and Lady, okay. Ab- Lady Aberlin. Lady okay. Elaine Fairchild lived in the house that spun around. All right. Lady around. Lady Fairchild was the, 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 the girl who would come to the door and hang out. Well, Lady Aberlin, Lady Aberlin was the human that would come oh, to the door. Okay. Hang Lady out. Aberlin was the one who would come to the door. Lady Elaine Fairchild lived in the spinning house. Right. She had like the wart nose and everything. Yeah. Okay. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Okay. I appreciate it. And that's one of those things that people tell me and then I forget it all over again. So, Mary and Barry Manilow. All right. Uh, let's see. Don't call it any more of this. All right. Are we ready for the Barack Obama commemorative coin the offer? You betcha. Yay. All right. Here we go. Now you can own a piece of America. Now you can own a piece of America. Oh, you guys are both playing it now. I don't know. One of us needs to play it and the other one needs not to. I won't play it. All right, okay. I th- for a minute, though, I thought the commercial was even more hilarious because they added, like, a be there, be there reverb or something. All right. Now, you can own a piece of American history. Barack Obama has inspired millions of Americans with his meteoric rise to become the 44th president wow. of the United States. He gave America new hope. Are you kidding me? No, I, I couldn't believe it. It it's was right like, after the turkey strangling. It's like some sort of early class project by Trey Parker. Yeah. Also... Where did he record this vocal track? Is it's all it's like he was like mic through a cereal box. Uh-huh. He inspired the country and restored confidence that we are a great nation. Now on a piece of American history, President Barack Obama is being honored on Britain. Being honored, circulated U.S. So mint presidential dollars by the New England Mint. These limited edition coins are now available to the American public for the first time ever through this special TV offer. This is awful. President Barack Obama is depicted in glorious. But, but, but first, oh, I, but I'm, I'm sorry, cut him off before he says glorious. But I'm going to say this. When he says President Barack Obama, first of all, he's saying President Barack Obama. And there's a huge picture of Barack Obama on the screen, but then there's like... The Superman font goes shoom, and like the words President Barack Obama <laughs> zoom out, seriously, all and glowing yellow zoom it, it, out at you. It looks like a guest appearance on the Love Boat. <laughs> totally. These limited edition coins are now available to the American public for the first time ever through this special TV offer. President Barack Obama is depicted in glorious full color on a genuine United States inaugural presidential dollar, layered in pure 24 karat. First of all, this guy's got. He sounds like the voice guy from Idiocracy. But, but and also like Prince Caspian is cool. Hello, Mr. Doc. That must be the uh, that's the satellite channel there. Also, I heard the little telltale chirp there before it happened. Also, th- he's got something where he like doesn't want to pronounce all the syllables, so it's not layered. It's layered. Gold. The issue price for this historic edition has been set at twenty nine ninety five. But in this special introductory TV release, you can get the President Barack Obama inaugural dollar layered in genuine twenty four karat gold for only nine ninety five. I don't believe. Oh, I can't believe what I'm more. hearing. But wait, there's more. And then of course in huge letters agree. But wait, there's more. Now you also receive the President Barack Obama two thousand eight Kennedy half dollar layered in genuine twenty four karat gold as a bonus just for shipping and handling. Each coin comes with a serial numbered certificate of authenticity, with earliest orders receiving the lowest number. How can it be a Barack Obama Kennedy dollar? I, I think Kennedy's in the background. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you can make so I could make like a like a John F. Kennedy pasta machine or something. It's like a pasta machine, but like way in the background there's Kennedy. Uh-huh. This exclusive historic edition is only available for the next 75 days, and then will be retired forever. Hurry, don't wait to secure your... they change that day every single day this airs? Get both of these brilliant, uncirculated Barack Obama 24-karat gold-layered coins. The worst voice guy I've ever heard. Yours for just $9.95. That's right. Get both the President Barack Obama inaugural dollar and the Barack Obama 2008 Kennedy half dollar. The Brock. Not Barack Obama. It's Brock Obama. That's his preppy cousin. By the way, can I tell you... 
I get uh, unsolicited tapes from guys who sound like this all the time. Every day I get a CD or something from a guy who sounds just like this who wants to, like, a fresh new sound of imaging for your radio station. Stand out for the competition. At the special collector's price of just nine ninety five. Now you can own a piece of American history. From back in the beginning. Today. So now I missed the shot where it looked like he was picking his nose. Apparently, it was like the second one. All right, hold on. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch for that. Hold on, I gotta back it up here. Let's see if I can. Uh, oh, I don't think. Oh, I don't think it'll let me back it up. Unfortunately. Maybe oh God, through. I'm gonna have to watch the whole thing from the beginning. Oh, here we go. Now you can own a piece of America. We'll move on as soon as I see this. Barack Obama has inspired millions of Americans with his meteoric. Right there, it totally looks oh, like he's picking his nose. Isn't that horrible? Right there, the second foot is at seven seconds in. I mean, you think they oh would have googled God. and found a better picture? <laughs> it completely looks like he's picking his nose. I would totally buy a coin that had Barack Obama picking his nose, though. Well, you better order in the next seventy-two days. Wow. This will be withdrawn forever. That really, that really is something. All right, so there you go. But, I mean, you can't, but you couldn't, like, spend this, right? No. Because you're not allowed to, remember when, like, uh, whatever, Paramount or whatever that movie studio was, they got into all that trouble because they made, and I have one of these at home, they made these f Fantastic Four quarters mm -hmm. where they took American quarters and on one side they stuck the Silver Surfer, which is, like, illegal because it's defacing, you know, it's defacing American money or whatever. So, all right. Well, anyway. Uh, by the way, a couple more comments on the Sarah Palin turkey thing. This email says, Rick. The best thing about that video is it's exactly the equivalent of a police negotiator successfully taking a bank robber, uh, successfully talking a bank robber into releasing a hostage, while in the background the rest of the hostages are being brutally murdered. While the speech negotiator, uh, while in the speech the negotiator is giving, uh, he's talking about well the banking industry is going great and strong. Uh, anyway, so there you go. On the flip side of the coin, I'm a gentle person and I would pay good money to be the guy who walked out. Uh, and murdered turkeys in the background while she was speaking. I can envision someone saying to that guy, Dude, I'll give you 50 bucks if you go out there if she pardons the turkey and start feeding him into the killing cone. I'll give you an extra 50 if you stare at the camera like an inbred moron. I mean, it, it almost is... It almost... It almost makes you wonder if it's some kind of performance art, right? Isn't that Sarah Palin talking? I don't think you can separate reality from, you know, all the YouTube videos we've seen before. It's sponsored by the Barack Obama commemorative coin. <laughs> Seriously, I mean... Turkey choking. Oh, hold on, is that, is that camera running? No, I think she's being interviewed. Hey, is that is that Killin' Cone plugged in? So what what does the Killin' Cone do? Did we find out? I don't know. It it creates comedy. It does. It's the comedy cone, Sarah. It's the Killin' Comedy Cone. All the K's. Do we have any turkey? Do we have any turkeys around here? How much noise does it make? All right, just creep up real quiet, like. Uh, just stare at the camera. It's going to be available at a wholesale price. Jesus. If anybody wants a, a <clears throat> turkey. That is, that is quite wonderful. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Turkey. Oh, my God, it is called the Killing Cone. cone. Really? The first turkey goes into the Killing Cone head first. By Joseph Wamba. Hmm. That's interesting. Are you? Did you just Google Killing Cone? Yeah. I How much are they? Killing turkey cones. Can they only be used for turkeys, or are they specially designed to kill turkeys? All right, now this is weird. It says cones, but then there's one of an upside-down traffic cone, and then there's a garbage can. I think that's a that's, I think that's a uh, that's an ad hoc killing cone, Sarah. That's not a that's a cone of silence. That's not a, that's not an according to Hoyle uh, killing cone. Okay, so the cone is. How much are they? Okay, I use the killing cone method. A bird is placed in the cone head first to restrain it during the killing process. I found the killing cones especially useful for larger turkeys. Okay, the cone is suspended Killing on cones from outer space. <laughs> you have to be stopped. 
Uh, Tim, I just uh, check your. I just sent you something that you'll want to wear. Sent me something. I just sent you something that you want to keep on. Look at that. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up, sir? How can I help you? Oh uh, well, just uh, to clarify a little something, you're talking about uh, the uh, uh, the commemorative coins. You can't spend them anywhere, but uh, a lot of them. I have no idea why this is, but a lot of them they're legal tender in Liberia. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that the they they are also releasing a uh, uh, extra large size 911 commemorative like twenty dollar bill that's cast in sterling silver. I wonder if, I wonder if this is the same. Pardon me. <clears throat> Go ahead. I wonder if this is the uh, Tim Tim saying killing cones from outer space really uh, <laughs> sent me to a gale of laughter from which I have not recovered. Um, but I wonder if this, remember they, what, about six months ago, there was some company that leading up to September 11th was making those coins. Mm -hmm. And it was like a picture of the Twin Tower. And it was, and wasn't the deal like made from actual metal from the wreckage of the World Trade Center? And everybody thought it was just horrifying, but it was made by some jackass company in Liberia. I wonder if this is the same place. So that would actually explain a lot. All right. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. But, but what I'm talking about, the uh, actual the 9-11 legal tender in Liberia, it's a $20 bill it's cast out of uh, sterling silver, and you could spend it in Liberia. Really? Yes. Oh, that's odd. All right. Yeah, that is really weird. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. Probably uh, from, from some scrapyard in Vancouver. Hi. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's hey, up? I, I was just wondering, you know, the, the announcer for that tremendous, tremendous coin. Oh, I can't even talk today. <clears throat> yes. How much did they have to pay Keanu Reeves? I, doesn't he sound like a really bad, like, sort of local, you know, like, come on down to the, like that, uh, what is that thing they have in Pendle? The Buck Off, which is where, like, you know, they sell, like, uh, they sell, like, kettle corn and the guy, like, brands a, Oh, you in know, the letter Buck Room? Yeah, or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like a, like a bad, like a discount rodeo or something. They, he, and he sounds like he's talking through a really bad uh, microphone like this that doesn't quite have the gating set properly. Yeah, it's True. all kinds of weird. And in the beginning of it, he, he does sound like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, no, I can. And some okay, somebody else is saying. God, this commemorative coin. Whoa. Man. Somebody else is saying that the announcer sounds like uh, what's his name, Lewis Peter Gibbons' neighbor in Office Space. Peter, the brass chick is on. That guy. So I have to get, now see. Now we have to go back and listen to it again. All right, thank you. All right, here's Tim Riley. Got a little bit of breaking news here on KCMD Portland. Wait, hold on. Where did my breaking news sounder go? Wait, hold on. I've replaced it with nothing but the. Replace it with nothing with Sarah Palin and turkey noises. Wait, hold on. Breaking news right... Yeah, there we go. Breaking news from Timothy. Senator Hillary Clinton has accepted an offer from President-elect Barack Obama to become the U.S. Secretary of State. <laughs> Joining her former Democratic rival to help guide U.S. foreign policy. This from the New York Times. The newspaper quotes two Clinton associates who said she came to her decision after additional discussions with Obama about the nature of her role as the top U.S. diplomat and his foreign policy plans. She's ready, said one. She's emerged as a front-runner for the Secretary of State job last week, transfixing a country that has seen her compete hard against Barack Obama to win the Democratic national uh, nomination. It's Barack Obama. So. Barack Obama. <laughs> President Barack. So Once again, New York Times says Hillary Clinton has accepted the offer to become Secretary of State. That's fantastic Hot news. Dog. It's quite a day already. It's not even one. Oh, it is one o'clock on KCMT Portland. By the way, this says, uh, Rick, I like how the Obama coin isn't actually made from gold, just layered in gold. He says, you know, there are desserts layered in gold. 
Uh, and does the voiceover guy have a palsy of some sort where half his face doesn't work? Act now! All right, here's Tim Riley. Time for a Jackson Watch. Here's your long time since one of these. Jackson Watch. I tell you that killing Cone from outer space. That's like one of those. That's like one of those laughs where you injure yourself somehow, and then uh, and then your voice is all off kilter for the next hour and a half. Well, I try to be Jesus. relevant. Yeah, I think I actually uh, think I actually damaged a lung laughing at that. Well done, Tim. Michael Jackson has become a Muslim and changed his name to Michael, spelled M-I-K-A-W-L. The skint superstar. Skint. S K I N T. Oh, that's a. Uh, it's like a Brit talk. I think that means poor. Oh, this is from the Sun. Maybe yeah. that's why. Yeah. He donned Islamic garb to pledge allegiance to the Koran and a ceremony at a palace mansion in Los Angeles. Jackson sat on the floor wearing a tiny hat. <laughs> okay, that's just funny. I mean, leaving aside all the context, Jackson sat on the floor wearing a tiny. In fact, anybody wearing a tiny hat is funny. I'm going to stipulate that right now. So wait a minute. So he got dressed up to pray. Uh huh. Now he dons his prey apparel. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. Well, an I-man, or an I-ma'am, whatever the Islamic guy is, I don't think the I-man would appreciate this. Anyway, he was seven from the mosque. So like some sort of technologically advanced priest? I guess it is. And Michael went through the Shahada, which is the Muslim declaration of uh, belief. Michael is the name of one of Allah's angels. He rejected the alternative Wait, name. wait no. No, you're coming too fast. Allah's angels, I need you. We, we have a, we have a, we have a heretic in Tehran. Some, a woman is attempting to drive a car. You must kill her now. Allah's angels. Allah's angels. Whatever. So that's he, funny. He rejected the alternative name Mustafa, which means the chosen one. But Mustafa was always the, also the first name of Mustafa Akkad, who uh, produced all of the great Halloween movies. So you would have had that going for you. So Cat Stevens turned up to help him celebrate. Are you kidding me? Are you making this up? It's from the sun. Have we fallen into <laughs> Have we fallen into some wormhole today? Have we fallen into? Have have we somehow? Is this like Pleasantville, where somebody clicked a remote control and we are now in a bunch of those YouTube videos that we always make fun of? Like here's one with Cat Stevens showing up to help Michael Jackson put on a tiny hat. Here's one of Sarah Palin in front of a thing that's in front of a killing cone full of turkeys. Here's one where like Peter's next door neighbor from Office Space sells Barack Obama coins and calls him Brack. I don't know what's going on today, but I like it. All right. Angels, I need you. Oh, boy, this is... Is this the end of the Jackson Watch? It is, yes. All right, there you go. There's the end of the Jackson Watch for a Friday on the Rick Emerson. Jesus. By the way, I miss the Jackson Watch. I wish he'd do more stuff. Wear more tiny hats. I think he's back. Um, now that he's become a Muslim, they might heal. This email says, why is Tim Riley the vegan the one most fascinated with the idea of purchasing a killing cone? Did I just hear him ask how much one costs? Is he going Christmas shopping later? Is this a gift idea? Is he developing a new hobby? WTF. Tim? No, it's just a newsman's interest. Okay. It is my duty to investigate. Yeah, I did see what the killing cone was for. Do you guys want to know or do you not want to know? It's really gross. No, I prefer, you no. know, I think it's probably funnier in my head. Yeah. It probably is a lot more hilarious in your head. Well, this is bad news for somebody. The owner of the home at the bottom of the hill where the house fell down yeah. in southwest Portland, 
Uh, they found out that their insurance isn't going to cover them oh. today. And, of course, the order is extremely upset, as we all would be. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Chow's family home is at the bottom of the slide. The house on top of the hill crashed into Mr. Chow's home. Uh, of course, they can't live in it anymore. The city wants the homeowners to take out what's left of the damaged homes with bulldozers and clean up. Anytime, by the way, your house is being um, taken care of or fixed with a bulldozer, mm-hmm. something has gone terribly wrong. So they have uh, been denied insurance coverage. You are denied, girlfriend. Mr. Chow's family home makes me think of Mr. Toad's wild ride. Oh, that could be Like good. at Disneyland. But it's a different thing, of course. Here's Tim Riley. Let's see. We have some other things here. I, I, I have no doubt. By the way, back on the Barack Obama coin, by now, this is... Rick, I bet the coins aren't made in America. Notice how they say United States, but they never say United States of America. I bet if you look into it, they're made in a different country entitled the United States of whatever. I found this out when looking into a similar offer before, but can't remember the name of the country that was doing it. Oh, like the United States of Micronesia? Totally. The Confederated States of Micronesia. Uh I wish to be the ambassador to the Confederated States of Micronesia. I should demand that Barack Obama do that. Like, you know, since we're pimping this coin all over the place. Here's Tim Riley. So let's talk about the uh, big three automakers. Michigan Congressman Mike Rogers says he doesn't understand why everyone just doesn't jump on board with this compromise. What compromise? According to Rogers, uh, let's see, letting the big three use money that has been set aside for retooling should be something everybody agrees on. Oops. What? I can't use two devices at once. Please stand by. It should be something... This... This Barack Obama website will not let me close it without buying something. You're not. You can never leave, Tim Riley. You can't. You're not allowed. Not until to, you buy it. Not allowed to leave the website until you purchase a gross of them. Okay, let's try this soundbite again. We're right. worried about the people who get up in the morning and play by the rules and go to work every day. Then this is an easy thing to do. And if there are other concerns and partisan concerns, then. I, I hope we can get this thing past us and do the right thing. Americans should not have to live with so much uncertainty. It's never good at any time, but certainly during the holiday season, you don't want to get that pink slip in your box, you know, where you've been shocked to find out your job isn't there anymore. Well, that is true. That is true. <clears throat> President sorry. Obama oh. is lobbying to have the city of Chicago host the 2016 Olympic Games. I want to take this opportunity to speak with you because I deeply believe in the Olympic mission and have long supported hosting the Olympic and Paralympic Games in my home city of Chicago. What, and what are the Paralympics again? The Paralympics? Paralympics. The, the, the Olympics, as he calls them, and the Paralympics. I'm not sure. The Paralympics... Okay, the Paralympics sounds like a thing for, like, the you know, people who are handicapped, but maybe that's wrong. Maybe that is wrong. Sarah, Paralympics. Is that for paralyzed people? Pairs. You don't get to answer any questions for a few seconds. I left for a second. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but Barack, Barack Obama's talking about hosting the Olympics, as he calls them, oh. in Chicago. But he says, I am a bit, you know, a blah, 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 the, the Olympics and the Paralympics. Oh, maybe it's sponsored by Oprah. The Paralympics? The Olympics. No. Um, the Paralympics. It sounds like a, it sounds like a thing, of, you know, like a, like a thing we, like where it would be people in, like, uh, walkers and so forth. Now, you can own a piece of American history. I'm just saying. Uh, all right, well, there you go. By the way, do they have to get Barack Obama's uh, permission? Do you suppose to use all these photos of him? And one of them has his autograph like he's recommending it. <laughs> really? I mean, it's just, I'm looking at the left-hand side, it, next to his picture. Right, sir, and it says authorized, so it's a photo of him. Yeah. And it says authorized site, and there is his signature. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder if this is just a, a, a thing where it's just like, uh, you know, we're just like, put it up and try to, try to like grab as much cash as you can before the inevitable cease and desist order comes in. And it says from the New England Mint. Where's that? Where is the New England Mint? Yes. I would guess. Never mind. Uh, let me oh, just let me look it up here. Before we continue. Is it bad? No. It, it disputes something we just talked about. All right. Okay. Here's breaking. Wait, hold on. Uh, where's the, where's my breaking news sounder? There's too much happening today. Mm-hmm. More breaking news. And this is live, by the way. This is in voice track, as you can tell. Senator Hillary Clinton's office has just released a short statement in which she is disputing... Oh, come on. ...that report that she has accepted the offer from Barack Obama. Sorry. The statement reads, we're still in discussions, which are very much on track, and a report beyond that is premature. In the meantime, by a Barack Obama commemorative coin. But why would that... No, I'm just so confused about it's this. From her, it's from her people. Well, you know, the, the story is that her people are the ones who keep putting out the thing saying that, she, that she's in, like, Flynn. But, I mean, that's... You know, because the Clinton people, look, I I will say this. Hillary Clinton was vanquished in the primaries, and Barack Obama was obviously elected president of the United States, which you can celebrate now with this coin, uh, if that's the sort of thing you're inclined to do. That being said, the Clintons, you don't want to screw with them. They play hardball still, Mm -hmm. and the theory is that Hillary's people are the ones who put out the story in the first place, like, to sort of force Obama into doing it. Mm. No, no, no. He's going to make her Secretary of State. I hurt her. And then, of course... I'm thinking about it. I'm just not sure. Yeah, and then, and then, so then, of course, he's like, you know, I'd be happy to have her as Secretary... Because, like, she's said it, and so now you have to do it. And so then, when you said just now that, you know, that she, she had accepted, I assumed... That they, the Hillary Clinton people themselves, had leaked the story. Mm-hmm. She's accepted. You know, then Barack goes, well, crap. And, you know, they have to give it to her. But now they're denied. Maybe part of her office isn't talking to the other part of the office. Maybe there's, like, leaking out the back and, uh, you know, denying out the front. Then NBC is now reporting that Obama will nominate New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson as Commerce Secretary. All right. And I would be the comma secretary, Tim. Now, Barack Obama's transition team is not exploring a prepackaged bankruptcy plan for American car makers, as Drudge reported this morning. Uh, so we're um, getting stories and counter stories and lies and <laughs> well, it's news. I don't even know what's going on. By the way, if you look on Wikipedia, though, we keep trying to figure out where this Barack Obama coin is from. This guy says if you look on Wikipedia, you'll see that Mexico's official name is the United Mexican States. Maybe, maybe that's is that true? I well, it must so. be true. It's on Wikipedia, yeah. so maybe that's where the coin is made. I have no idea what's going on with anything now. It's all become very confusing. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, uh, as the case may be. Oh, it's sir, I think. Hello. Uh, a couple things about the coins, both uh, legal and non. Yeah. Uh, the presidential coin uh, of, of uh, the, you know, the real ones that are coming out right now, the dollar coins, they are slated to continue all the way through George Bush, uh, George uh, W. Bush. There has not been word yet whether they're going to make a Barack Obama coin, but considering they won't finish until, like, 2014, the assumption then is that they will also make a $1 presidential coin of Barack Obama. The great news is they also make $5 non-circulatory coins from the U.S. Mint. They are legal U.S., you know, mint dollars of the First Ladies. So Wait, so I could actually get, uh, I could get like a Michelle Obama $5 coin? You could, and in fact, if you think about it, there, there will probably be both a President Bill Clinton and First Lady Hillary Clinton coin, and by the time it's done, a President Hillary Clinton and First Dude 
or whatever. First gentleman, I believe. First gentleman. gentleman. Oh, this is weirding me How out. About Ronald Reagan with angel wings. This coin is not legal tender. It says New England Mint, uh -huh. but it might New England Mint. You'd have to Google that itself to find out whether that's an. But I guess that could be, that could be just like in Belize or something, and they just yeah, call themselves like that. You know, it's like when they say New York style pizza or something, and it's really made in like Saskatchewan. And then the two the two bits of humor I can interject. The, I wonder if the knife guy has a Barack Obama inaugural knife. Forget about that. And uh, and then the the big thing that they missed Jeez. out on that Barack Obama coin. Yes. It's change you can believe in. Oh man, that was really uh, that was really worthy. Really Thank you. There you go. You know what? You could take it over to the plant and see if they'll take it for a bag of chips. Oh, dude, you know, at the plant pantry, you could probably make your own money out of cardboard, and they would take it. And no offense. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Is this Jim Roop? I believe it is. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Does this show seem like some sort of a speeding bullet train with no brakes today? <laughs> it's it like 120 already, and I mean, just, I don't need, I mean, I know we've taken commercial breaks. But it doesn't feel like it feels like we just started the show and it's like we are just on we are just some weird on some weird pair of Acme Wiley Coyote rocket skates going down a hill right now. I, I knew it was going to be like this today. Is this all right? Hello, Jim Roop. How are you, sir? I am very well. Happy Friday. Good, good Lord Almighty. It's just been the it's been one heck of a week, is what it's been. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, whatever happened? Just as a side note, whatever happened to that SAG thing? Was that today or is that? Uh, they they met yesterday and nothing has come of that. All right, so there you go. So it might just be more saber rattling and nonsense. That's all, it is. all right. Um, it, well, it's not to be just like a big buzzkiller, whatever. But they got. But you're covering this. Uh, this whole weird hideousness, this Missouri woman who, you know, was like the, the kind of bullying this, this girl who then kind of offed herself in a, in a closet. And it's all, yeah, it's just all very, you know, the whole story is just it's so big. I mean, it kind of fits with today because we've done a lot of surreal news. Have you seen that Sarah Palin video? No. no. Dude, seriously, you need you like a... You have not seen that, Jim Roop? No, I know they've seen that, Sarah. They got you covering like a lot of uh, a lot of downer stories recently. You got the wildfires, and they're gonna get this horrible internet suicide thing you're covering. And I, and I guess there was some other uh, story that came out today of some other dude that killed himself on the internet. It's all I mean, it's just a weird world full of, you know, just full, just full of strangeness. Um, at, at some point today, you're gonna need to put a little smile on your face. I want you to do this. I want you to go to you go to YouTube, you go to Google. You could actually go to RileyLive.com, which is Tim Riley's website, Riley Live. I want you to watch this interview that Sarah Palin did on live television. I'm going to tell you kind of the hook of it, but believe me when I tell you that I'm not spoiling anything. It's going to be just as funny. Sarah Palin is in Alaska, and she is giving like a three-minute live television interview about the state of the economy, the state of the financial markets, where she believes that American business and government need to go in the future to keep this country on the rails. In the back, there is a guy... Doing it, it, it very much appears as though he is feeding turkeys into some sort of a shredding machine. So the and then just when he's not busy, and we find out later they're called killing cones. So I don't know where she's being interviewed exactly or why they chose to put a guy killing turkeys behind her. But Sarah Palin is talking for three minutes, and the whole time there's some slack-jawed yokel walking into the shot over and over again, holding turkeys under his arms and then shoving them into these like weird mulching cones. After and then, breaking their necks on camera. After breaking their necks on camera, and then, and then while he's waiting for the turkeys to quit twitching, which takes about 90 seconds, by the way, the whole time she's trying to make points about the economy, he is behind her, just staring blankly at the camera, breathing out of his mouth. I mean, it is so unbelievably hilarious and surreal that even that description, colorful as it was, cannot do it justice. 
looking for. I'm telling you right now, it is so beyond it is so beyond your wildest imaginings. I mean, it, 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 it's just you got to wonder if it, if at any point she had anybody in her employee that would decide to tell her where you should and should not have your uh, your stand up take place. <laughs> you got it. You are you there? Uh, I'm looking on YouTube. Uh, do this, sir. Go to um. Go to Riley, as in Tim Riley, R-I-L-E-Y, RileyLive.com. That is uh, Tim Riley's uh, news uh, aggregation site. And I do, Tim, is it the first thing you'll see there? Yes. It is the top the posting. Top. Of, oh, there it is. There you go. <laughs> I'll just wait while you watch it. It should buffer pretty quickly. I'll just, uh, I'll sit here and wait to hear your reaction. To she's, and by the way. And you really have to listen to what she has to say. Oh, the best part is, yeah, she's trying to talk about the economy and the stock market. And people want the government out of the way. I love that guy back there. He's just, and he just stares at the camera all blankly with a kind of a weird sort of a serial killer kind of thing on his face. Oh, gosh. And I mean... And, I mean, she must be able to hear the sound in the background of, like, a crack and a, you know, and then, like, a, and then like a slow bleeding sound. The best part is after, is after, he, after he puts the turkey in what we learned is called the killing cone. That's with an apostrophe. The turkey then, its legs just sit there and twitch spastically for, like, 90 seconds. You know, all the guys just looking at his watch, chewing on some gum, whittling a stick, staring at the camera like a crazy person. You know, and Sarah Payne, I watched it, like, six times. And and st- couldn't have told you what she did. I actually had to listen to it, like with with the picture off to even I figure out what she was. I can't believe she doesn't notice this. Like that's the thing. Like wouldn't you think somebody would go? Is there ixnay on the ixpay? Move just two inches to the left. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So hold hold up your left hand a little bit to block the background. So this I mean, guy's got blood all over his pants and everything. How beautiful is that? I mean, and if you, if you, oh, I'm getting that laugh again. If you, if you look below the killing cone, there's just like a sea of blood everywhere. It's just a microcosm of America. I How do I make this larger? I, I, I oh, you can. I, I don't a little know. dot at the bottom. Oh, I see. Oh, man, that's beautiful. Yeah, fill the whole screen with that. <laughs> I want to get, like, a secondary news channel for CBS News where, like, you can watch Katie Curry, but with a picture-in-picture, it's just a turkey-killing guy and in the background. look at that silly-ass grin on his face. Doesn't he look like a bumpkin? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I'm sure he's a fine man, but that's like... It, well, he knows his boss is going to see him doing his job on television. Well, look, at look at me! Look at the size of that bird. I want that bird for Thanksgiving. Killing it up here, boss. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's trying to talk about the economy. There's some toothless rube staring at the camera while killing birds in the background, covered in their blood. As the bird is is thrashing about, he's nodding approvingly to whatever it is she's saying. I love that part. He's a big believer in her economic stimulus plan. Yeah. Flop, flop. I mean, it's like the most surreal thing I've ever seen in my life. That, why is it taking so long to kill that bird? <laughs> I mean, think he'd be good at it by now. I'd get him a hatchet would take care of that life. <laughs> so you would think. I mean, that's the only way it could be better is if there were actual birds running around with their heads cut off in the background. <laughs> Dude. I mean, it's like three minutes. It goes on forever. It's interminable. It never ends. 
And the photographer who framed the shot is a genius. Oh, that's... Oh, she's there to pick out a turkey for Thanksgiving. Maybe. I think she's that's there what to... she just said. She said she's in charge of getting the turkey. Oh, she is. I she, think she, that's what she just yeah, said. Yeah, she, she had already pardoned the state turkey. Apparently... sending the other one to its death. Apparently, those guys in the background, uh, they had some blights against their record. They missed the pardoning by just as much. Oh, Tim, this is a great website. Oh. No, nothing but the best from Tim Riley, sir. That's right. Jesus. I mean, it's just... It's, it's quite wonderful. I... It is. It, can you imagine that that woman was actually running for vice president of the most powerful country on earth? Like yeah. just a couple of weeks ago, actually, we could have voted her. We could have made her president, basically. Well, she can't be distracted. That's great. Well, I suppose, I suppose that that uh, you know, Jim. Unlike the turkeys themselves, you could say she is unflappable. Ah, yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, in any event, I so and I. It, and I hate to kind of just to, to be the buzzkill for a second, but I mean, it, it's, I just wanted to kind of know the latest on this thing, this case. And everybody knows the background where these, this, this horrible woman, my opinion, um, bullied this teenage girl who then uh, took her own life and whatever. And I know the woman's on trial right now, and it's I, she's on she was on the stand. I mean, what, what were they at? Like, what are they asking her? Because I'm not really the charges are so sort of weird. Well, it's. The thing, and, and the defense attorney keeps reminding the jury of this, that this is not a case about murder or suicide. This is a computer fraud and conspiracy case. Right. Yet all the testimony centers around the death of this, or the suicide, rather, of this 13-year-old Megan Meyer. Right. Um, the the jury's going to have to sort a lot of things out here. I don't. It, it's hard. When I was doing my live shots this morning with the network, I said, I can't do this in 30 seconds. Right. It, there's, it's too convoluted. There's too much you got to set up, too much exposition. So I, I just said, give me whatever you can. But the thing is, the, the uh, her her daughter, Drew's daughter, and Megan Meyer had a falling out. Drew was accusing uh, this Megan Meyer of spreading rumors about her daughter. So she thought it'd be fun. But wait a minute, this idea of this fake uh, persona was Drew's former assistant. Right. And so Drew said, yeah, that would be fun to mess with this chick online. So let's do that. Let's set up this fake MySpace persona. Let's let's befriend her. Let's get her all excited about this little online romance we have going. Then we'll destroy her. And the, the last email sent by Drew's assistant was the email that said the world would be better off without you. And that's when Megan Meyer, who has been being, was being treated for depression and ADD, went up and offed herself in her bedroom closet. Right. And it's really sad that it, I don't see any remorse in this in this lady's face. Her her hairdresser testified yesterday that she said they can't they can't do anything to me because quote I didn't pull the trigger. And the moment they they they, they were neighbors, and so the ambulance pulls up to Megan Meyer's house after the, they send this email and start watching television. The uh, the email the uh, email the ambulance pulls up to the the neighbor's house the Megan Meyer's house. The dad's there. They all the guys go, oh, man, what a bummer. And it's like Megan Marmee had killed herself. So he starts yelling, delete that MySpace page. Oh, they start. They just start Jesus. getting on each other and start telling each other, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Keep it quiet. Keep it to yourselves. And just they try to delete everything they could, but an FBI computer analyst was on the stand today. He was able to link this, this fictitious teenage boy, this Josh Evans, with Laurie Drew's computer, oh, no, nothing is ever deleted, and yeah. not not completely. There no. were some things he couldn't he couldn't uncover. There are messages there, but he couldn't tell what those messages those messages were unclear. But he did link several messages between Drew's computer and uh, Megan Myers' computer, plus the testimony of this um, Ashley Grills yesterday, 
who said that she sent that message under the direction of Lori Drew. Right. So, but the, but the jury has a lot to sort out. I, you know, I mean, this this woman could face 20 years in prison. She's got four felony counts that she's facing. Each one holds or could hold a possible five years in prison. But I mean, and the this jury is, could get the case on Monday. It's one of those cases that we're like, if you're the if you're the the defense, what you what you are afraid of is that the jury is, you know, like as you said, the jury is going to be so confused. By all of these facts, the jury's going to have all of this legal minutia, and so that combined with the sort of hideous nature of this, the jury is just going to like cut through the Gordian knot and go, look, you know, we, this is all very nuanced and confusing. This woman's clearly horrible, so we're going to vote guilty. I mean, yeah, well, I think they will. I mean, you, you watch this jury, and they're really into this trial. By the way, right. there's a lot of young people on this jury: six men, six women. Um, they're really into this thing, and, and, I, and the testimony is very compelling. I mean, it's, this is one of the best trials. Oh, that's a lousy thing to say. Well, but it's, it's compelling, well, you know as you I said. Mean. It is, you know, it is very, it, it is a compelling case, and it does seem like it is everything has, the prosecution has really thought about how they're going to take it forward, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and, they're, and they're doing a great job. I think the defense lawyer stinks. I, I can't see how he got hired. But, you know, he may put some doubt in somebody's mind. But I, you know, I can't see them not convicting her on this, especially the, right. cons- the conspiracy part, because you know she got her daughter and her assistant involved in this, and then they and tried to cover it up. So right. the conspiracy's there and accessing authorized computers. Oh, also uh, a guy from MySpace was on today, saying, "Look, we asked them to sign an agreement or click an agreement, click a little box, agreeing that they won't harass and that they won't uh, know inappropriate content, right. and that." They are who they say they are. Well, and she so, violated that, too, so and, she cannot not be guilty. Well, so they violated that, and she did it in conjunction with some other folks, and that is conspiracy. Yeah. So, all so right. you know, she's guilty all the way around, and, and yet this lady just sitting there as if she's waiting on a piece of pie from the counter. It's crazy. Ugh. All right. Well, so the jury gets the case. I something at her, but I think I'd get kicked out of court. I think the jury's about to throw uh, years at her, so I don't think you're going to have to worry about that. I think we'll find out before Thanksgiving. I, I think the jury will get the case Monday. I'll bet you Tuesday we know. I, I will be stunned if they don't. Yeah, she doesn't get something uh, fairly serious out yeah. of this. So, All right. On that note, if you ever feel down this weekend, you go back watch that this. Uh, I'm Payton watching video. it again now. See, there you go. I'll put a smile on your face, a little song <laughs> in your heart. Thank you so much. All right. Jim Rupp, thank you, sir. All right. All right, there you go. That's Jim Roop. By the way, seriously, just during this phone call with Jim Roop, I just noticed this coming. I saw this one eye. I swear to God, I just got spam. Barack Obama victory plate. Change has come to this historic victory plate. It's a dinner plate. Wait for it. 20, not 24. It's only 22. I swear to Christ, it's a dinner plate with a huge color tacky photograph of Barack Obama and then in 22 karat gold, it says, change has come across the bottom. Uh, b- order now, get a bonus stand on which to display your victory plate. Let's see if I can get the, let's see if I can get the commercial for the victory plate. To, this has got to be from the same people. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I get the, there's a commercial for the victory plate. Has anyone come up with a change purse yet with Barack Obama? Now Obama's you can picture? own a piece of history commemorating the day the world changed forever. Be one of the first to reserve historic victory. The commemorative plate. By the way, it starts with these uh, commemorate change. It shows a bunch of sort of people look like kink listeners sitting around a table, d- toasting each other with glasses of red wine, all of them eating on Obama plates. During the election of the 44th president, America's first African American commander in chief, his confident smile and kind eyes are an inspiration to us all. Wow. Are you kidding me? I'm not making. I'm playing it right at the site. Barack Obama commemorative plate. 
What did it say? His something and kind eyes. And kind eyes. His confident kind smile eyes. and kind eyes. Priceless work of art features a triumphant president-elect surrounded by the American flag and spectacular celebration fireworks. Historic victory is crafted of fine porcelain and richly accented in 22-carat gold trim. The election date and inscription, Change Has Come, are displayed in gold text on this first issue collector. There are children sitting around staring at the plate and then smiling at each other. This is so wonderful. Plate. The back displays the seal of the American Historic Society and documents the historic electoral and popular vote totals on Election Day. This certificate of authenticity from the American Historic Society wow. promises you'll own a collectible of the highest quality and They're integrity. They're making up all these places. Which you can put up your fireplace, apparently. Comes with a display stand for any desktop or curio case. Curio. Hardly hang it on any wall. This issue has been strictly limited to just 65 filing days. After that, the die will be destroyed forever. Due to the unprecedented demand, there is a strict limit of two victory plates per color. Two victory plates per color. And now we own a piece of history. <laughs> Good God. Our generation has spoken, and now this special treasure will be cherished as a prized family heirloom. For generations to come. Oh, my God. Yes, you can own a piece of history. <laughs> yes, you can. By the American history. I never, thought really? I never thought it would happen to me. Yes, you can own a piece of history. <laughs> By the way, they, they like a hundred times in a row, they show the picture of like the hand coming in the frame and putting the plate on the stand. Like you're on the fireplace. Yeah. like if you're, is, You have to admit that that is a good picture of him. It is. He's a very beautiful man. Well, he man. does have kind eyes. Yeah. He does, and a All confident right. smile. Society, with bonus display stand and certificate of authenticity for the first issue price of only $19.99. That's, un oh, that's wow. unbelievable. By the way... Below it, they, they have, like, pictures of, you know, satisfied customers who brought the, bought the Barack Obama victory plate. And when you go to, and it's at victoryplates.com, um, when you go to this and it, you, they show that, you know, quotes from people who bought the Barack Obama victory plate, the first one, I swear to Christ, it's the Leave Britney Alone guy. <laughs> I swear to you, it looks just like, Leave Britney Alone. It looks just like that what guy. What was his name? Chris? Chris Crocker. Yeah. Oh, God, I how swear we, to God. brain power to remember that. It, uh, come here and tell me if this doesn't look like the Leave Britney Alone guy. Hold on, quickly, before they rotate through. Tell me this doesn't look like him. Hold on, he'll be next. Tell me that doesn't look like, like that guy. So, all right. Anyway, there you go. Jesus, we have to take a break. Coming up, Dorothy Carcassari, Scott Daly. It's 1.30. We've been here for two and a half hours. Yes. It's amazing what you can do when you're killing turkeys. We're here to educate the world. Well, I mean, that mission flawlessly, Tim. You know what makes it possible is your kind eyes. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Cam is no Jenny Cam. So you don't remember Jenny Cam. Do you remember Jenny Cam? But I vaguely remember Jenny Cam. Yeah, Jenny Cam. That's a that's kind of an old school reference. Uh, that's a I can't say that. That's like a Mr. T consuming part of your anatomy. Do you remember that? Nah, never mind. That's too vague. Um, Jenny Cam was one of the first. Jenny Cam was kind of the first the, the, the website that was really all just about tracking the 
I don't know, just the life of a person. It was this girl named Jenny Ringley, Jenny with an I, uh, Jenny Ringley, and the deal was that, and I think that, 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 here's how old Jenny came. We were talking about Puppy Cam during the break. Was it Kastenbaum? It was like, yeah, Kastenbaum just showed and puppy he's bummed, cam. He's all bummed out because puppy cam is down. And it's just like a, it's just like camera that shows it's a puppy, six, right? Six puppies. Yeah. Just rolling around in a bin. I mean, I've never. It looks like. I mean, I've never, I've never gone there because I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, I guess if you told me the puppy cam was really, you know, it was really like a picture of a compost heap or something, then I guess it would be. But I, I mean, but probably it, it's more viewers in some evening news programs. Probably. I want to see something cute that I can't reach out and pet. I don't want to sit there and watch cute things that you can't just like snuggle. Well, maybe they should, uh, you know, maybe they should put puppies behind Katie Kirk. Maybe Katie Kirk should do the show from inside, like one of those pet crates. Mm-hmm. Maybe she should do. Maybe Katie Kirk should do the news from like behind the glass at one of those pet store windows. You know, where the sad puppy mill uh, dogs are always going like against the glass. Um, mm-hmm. No, and the puppy. It's just a camera on a bunch of puppies. There was this thing back in the mid, early to mid nineties. This thing called Jenny Cam, and it was JennyCam.com. And it wasn't like a porn site or whatever. I mean, it was just, it was this girl named Jenny Ringley who just decided to document her life online. And she was, I think, the first person to ever do that. I mean, she was really, I mean, this, this, this phrase gets used way too often, but she was really a pioneer in that regard. She was an innovator. And she would write these daily diary updates. And she, I think, started with still photographs where she would just take a picture of herself every morning, stick it online. She's like, here what it, and it was basically, it was basically, like a MySpace journal, but updated every day. But she had to go through all the work of like, and this is before there was like Blogger or anything. She had to write it every day and like HTML or have you didn't take a photograph. And then later on, there still wasn't streaming video because everybody was like a 14-4 modem. So Jenny Cam, she mounted it like one of the very, very early webcams in her house. And the deal was it, it refreshed the still photo every like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So the deal was every 30 seconds it would go and it would like load. Did Jenny do naughty things? And it would load from the top down like not as such, but the deal was that the camera was going in her in her apartment all the time. She never turned it off. And so it wasn't that like and it wasn't a pay site like she didn't charge you for it. It was just like an, an online diary. And she didn't do naughty things per se, but the deal is she never turned the camera off. So if she happened to be changing clothes, you would see it, although it was only like one shot every 30 seconds. There were, um, she had a boyfriend at one point, and so, you know, occasionally she would have her man over, and uh, like you'd get to see some weird blurry, like, sex thing happening. But again, it was like a bad underlit shot every 30 seconds just because it happened to be going on. So, but it was sort of fascinating to watch. Like, you would log in every day and be like, there's Jenny, she's drinking some milk. Okay, and then she would, and then she'd write these blog entries. Except that there would be not even thing called a blog. It was just like she would write a thing. I don't even think we called it posting then. Uh, anyway, and then and then it just went away. I don't know where she went. Jenny Ringley just kind of vanished. I think she just said it got to be too much work, and she just kind of turned it off. So. Have you ever used any kind of video chat or anything? No, although we keep talking about trying to do something like that here. And then we never have, like, it's, that pal talk thing they keep kind of wanting us to do. Or, like, there's Skype, or, like, you know how you can make, like, free phone calls to people? That is the neatest right. thing. I just used it for the first time a couple of days ago. Oprah pitches that all the time. Yeah. What's that, Tim? Well, that came out a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I never used it. It seems so futuristic. It's mm-hmm. bizarre. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I've never, you know, because I don't have, I don't I don't even think I own a webcam. I think at one point, Lauren, I got, like, an internet service, like, Earthlink or something. And it was back when they were like, here's an interesting uh, sort of, uh, uh, Richard, are we talking to Dorothy Carcassari today? Aren't we already too late? Did we, didn't we have to call her by, by like five minutes ago? If so, let's... Oh, please. I'm sorry, sir. We, we, I hate to do this. Will you go ask Richie? Yes, to no, I need to talk to, to Matt for a second. Okay, and I don't want to irritate her. Will you please... 
I don't, yeah. I know that she was very, very, very short on time, and I think it may have already been too late. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want her to hate us. Um, but here, but, but the allegory is this is sort of a, or an allegory or a thing like that, an equivalence, something. Yes. Do you remember back when they would like try to pitch you magazines and they would try to get you to buy the magazine by giving, and well, we'll give you this phone that looks like a football, and that was always the deal with like Sports Illustrated or like um, Time back when they published that. They would give you this phone, and the phone was always the same deal. Where it was like it was like some weird phone that like you would hang it up by just like laying it down on the countertop or whatever. And they would try to get you to buy all these magazines by giving you a phone. That's how internet service was for a while. It's like I don't know if you signed up for Earthlink, and I don't even know if Earthlink still exists. Earthlink, anybody? I don't know. I'm I used to have sure. that. That was my first internet. See, I we had that at one point too, but I don't know if they're still around. They might have been sort of consumed by somebody else. But um. But they would like, you know, and we'll give you a free webcam. And so I think Laura and I got one of those, and I kind of stuck it in a drawer and never used it for anything. But um, anyway, so the answer to that is no. It just seems um, it seems weird. Mm. Maybe that makes me an old person. It seems, I don't know, it would weird me out, I think. Okay, so we have Dorothy, but uh, I guess we don't. But she can go till 55, and we only talk to her for... Okay. Well, should we... Let's should we just break? Someone tell me what to do. Let's talk to Dorothy. Wait. She's calling. All right. Do you ever sound her? Oh, I guess I could be taking advantage of this awkward pause to do that, huh? Yeah. Wow. Please stand by. Please stand by. So somebody needs to do like a like a Jenny Ringley sort of follow up. Like I want to know sort of what whatever became of her. All right, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the National Enquirer, our good friend uh, Dorothy Costaseri. Hey, how are you today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. How's life? How are things? Things are good. It's very, very cold here in New York. I just, and, and just things keep happening about every five seconds today. There's been some crazy story. So what is, I, I, I don't even know the latest with anything. I was going to say what's the latest with Britney, what's the latest with Michael Jackson, what's the latest with whatever. I, I don't even know because it's probably changed by now. So I will put it to, I'll, I'll let you sort of lead this dance today. What is, uh, what is happening right now that the, the Inquirer is talking about? Okay, well, our cover this week is uh, Mel Gibson. And he is about to get himself into a $900 million divorce. Wow. Yeah, he uh, is facing one of the most expensive divorces in Hollywood history. $900 million? Two years ago, he was worth $850 million. And sources say since then, his net worth has gone up to $900 million. Because, you know, The Passion of the Christ was hugely successful. It grossed $600 million worldwide, which is just an uh, insane figure. I guess it's one of those things, like when they say that, you know, somebody's having to pay like 80 grand a month alimony or something, and you yeah. don't, you realize you don't know how much they make until, you know, until, until you realize how much just, like when somebody says, well, I had to pay $9 million in taxes, and then you start to think about how much they must be making to pay that much, a $900 million. So Mel, Mel Gibson is very nearly a billionaire. Exactly, exactly. Wow. And the thing is, he's been married to his wife, Robin, for 28 years. So that's a pretty long marriage in, right. in Hollywood time, uh, in any time, really. And he's been hanging out with this gorgeous uh, 28-year-old brunette named Oksana. Uh, and he was spotted with her in September. She popped up again on the set of his latest movie a few weeks later, and his wife, Robin, said, you know, enough is enough. Um, and sources are saying that she's ready to divorce him. Well, maybe it's just because Cindy McCain was already taken. <laughs> yeah, so. You liked that, didn't you? Yeah, and I like to see bad things happen to Mel Gibson. I don't know why. He makes. Here's the thing about Mel Gibson. This is just me. 
He, Mel Gibson, I would be lying if I said that Mel Gibson has made some movies I really liked. He's made, you know, for Braveheart alone, uh, yeah. you know, I don't, but he, he just seems like such a, such a, such a bastard. He just seems like such a jerk. So he's one of those guys where, you know, keep making movies, but if, like, if he himself uh, never appeared on television again, like where I had to watch him being interviewed, that'd be great. So I like to see sort of a, I like to see things befall him. Well, Mel Gibson definitely has had trouble with his temper in the past. He certainly had trouble with drinking in the past also. Um, so I think because of that, you know, maybe people like, like you, for example, aren't huge fans of his. And he seems to be a screaming anti-Semite on top of it. So, you know, so it's nice to see him kind of take it in the shorts. Uh, what else is uh, what else is going on? Speaking of uh, Cindy McCain, uh, we actually have this week revealed who her secret love is, who this uh, guy in the patterned shirt and these these provocative photos is he just as attractive as i might suspect uh well we'll let you we'll let you be the judge of that how's that sound that sounds like a no i'm guessing weather beaten nick nolte looking guy Accurate. <laughs> I'm a very good. It's what I do. We, we have a very clear photo, though, of him in our new issue, um, and it turns out that the two of them have been meeting at her uh, apartment when uh, John McCain has been out of town. Well, been secretly dating for three years, sources tell us. She's all class, isn't she? Uh, all right. Well, you know, she must have been secretly relieved when Obama won. You know what I mean? That's uh, why bother hiding it now? So. Maybe, maybe. All right. As always, Dorothy, a pleasure. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you very soon. Thanks. You too. All right. Dorothy Cassisari from the National Enquirer. I dig her. All right. Wow. God, it's 2 o'clock. For the love Actually, of it's 1.53. On KCMD Portland. Hello, Tim. How are you? I, uh, I don't know. Good? Great? Wonderful? Not even real. I'm not exhausted. This is typically the kind of show that's exhausting, but I think we're just so we're so full of excitement about all this news. Yes. I haven't even talked about these two twins that are going to be in Playboy. Anyway, here's Tim. Oh, are they Hugh Hefner's new girlfriends? Uh, I don't know, but they're actually twins. Uh, let's see. Who yeah, wants to he, hear he the story? I do. Wait. Hold on. Wait. What? Hold on. Stop. Everybody. Shh. Sarah, what? Yeah, he he's not dating that Holly or. Kendra or any of the other girls, all of his other girlfriends either left him or he broke up with them, and now he's dating two twins. You are lying. No, this has been going on for weeks. Weeks, I say. I remember it was before um, Halloween. I, I don't know. Maybe, the, I mean, I suppose it's so possible. It probably has to be them if, you know, if they're both shipping him. Uh, maybe. I, it doesn't say that these are the twins that he's dating. I mean, it's not blonde? like it's... Uh, no, it looks like they got red hair. But I mean, who, who... But I mean, you know, the playboy, who's to say? All the women that Hefner dates end up, end up blonde anyway. So, I mean, it, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what, I don't care what hair you're born with. You end up looking like Barbie Benton if you end up uh, dating Hefner. I mean, the twins thing is not, I, well, I should wait. Because it's a whole long dissertation, so we might as well wait. Here's Tim Riley. Well, it's time to board the Greyhound bus to go home for Thanksgiving. They're ready. To whom are you speaking? To the general public. Oh, I was going to say, because I'm not, no, no, no way. Uh, Greyhound, it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. Well, occasionally a head, but not in this country. Uh, they're putting more buses on the road. There'll be many, many runs uh, aboard the Greyhound this year. We are capacity flexible, so we monitor our schedules, our routes, our ticket sales, and we add buses where needed and as we have the resources to do that. Yes, you can take the I-5 and go eastward to Ellensburg, to Spokane, to Yakima, and the, Twi the uh, Tri-Cities. Who wouldn't want to go? Greyhound security is usually not intrusive. It doesn't get in your way. I would encourage customers to arrive early to ensure that they have a seat because we do operate on a first-come, first-served basis. And many of our locations do have what's called priority seating, 
which guarantees you a seat and allows you to board first. I'll take that one. Extra five bucks to pick your own seat. Really? And I mean, but the idea that you get to board first, so you get as much time on the Greyhound bus as possible. Yeah. Although I guess it, the alternative is more time in the Greyhound station. Mm -hmm. That's sort of a tomato-tomato thing. And, and just to remind you, security does vary from terminal to terminal. We do have security guards in all of <laughs> From country to country. Well as in many locations and, and in large terminals, we do have cameras as well. And at select locations, we do search bags and warn people. Of course, they have cameras. Inside Edition's not going to get that, uh, you know, film of the spurting blood, them, you know, from just anywhere. So, all right. Oh, by the way, hey Richie, do we have a winner for the snowboard? Excellent. Hold on. So, as you know, we've been qualifying people uh, for the last two weeks with lift tickets. People winning lift tickets, ski tickets here uh, from AM 970, the Rick Emerson radio program. And, of course, one of those folks was going to win a brand new... A new ...brand snowboard. And, ladies and gentlemen, we have the winner. Steve Weiss has won the brand new snowboard from AM 970 and the Rick Emerson radio program. Steve Weiss. Good job, Steve Weiss. Well done, Steve Weiss. Well done, sir. What brand was that snowboard? It's a brand new GNU brand snowboard, Sarah. There you go. Last time you ever have to hear that. All right. Let's do one more, then we'll break. Actually, this is related. Well, two stories are related, just for the geeks. Um, is this a geek watch? I suppose it is, yes. Right, here's your... I have to ask for one ahead of time. Well, oh, sorry, it's fixed now, so... All right, time for geek uh -huh. watch. Look, this high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Queen Sergeant Lemon, I remember you used to... Just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but... Because we were wondering if the quantum flux... Now, just listen on There, there is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Better does. So possibly, maybe, the iPhone has met its match. The BlackBerry Storm debuts today. And I noticed the most uh, disconcerting thing about this. It says here, it converts iTunes to BlackBerry Media without breaking a sweat. The Storm is a global uh, globetrotter. It can work in any foreign uh, port. Photos, videos, you can take your own video with this thing. You can uh, listen to pop music. And let's see, I guess it goes through a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, the uh, well, I will say that I have a I have a BlackBerry. I don't have a Storm, but I have the BlackBerry, um, the World Edition, and it is the best phone I've ever owned, really? hands down, bar none. I think I'm gonna I think I'm finally gonna upgrade. I've had the same phone for four years, and I think I'm gonna go for the BlackBerry Storm. I, now see, I I would wait though, just based on what I've read. For a little bit. I would try it. Go to a store and try the BlackBerry Storm before you buy it. I don't get me wrong, BlackBerry, and which is made by Research in Motion, and you know, as much as the iPhone gets all of the, um, you know, the iPhone gets all of the sort of press, Research in Motion, who created the BlackBerry, they really are still the gold standard for this sort of it thing. They have a high, it has a high-resolution camera, which does video. Yeah, the, the, the but here's the thing, and again, it just, it, the, the, my BlackBerry, you ask anybody who has a BlackBerry, mm. people who have a BlackBerry, they will tell you it's like the best thing. I'm not saying the iPhone isn't great, but I'm saying the BlackBerry is also one of, BlackBerry is exceptional. Uh, I have never... For a moment, regretted getting a BlackBerry. It was it's it's uh, far and away the best thing I've ever I've ever owned like that. That being said, I read a big review of the BlackBerry Storm, which I was excited about because it's touchscreen and apparently the typing is kind of wonky. Uh, so they said that's actually which sucks because the because the one thing that BlackBerry is always better than other phones at is the typing and the keyboard. Mm -hmm. The typing and the keyboard on a BlackBerry, even compared to the iPhone. That is where the BlackBerry always excels, is the keyboard and the typing are, like, second to none. Apparently, the BlackBerry Storm, the touch typing is kind of ass. 
from oh. what I hear. Oh, that's no good. So I would. So, but but then that's I haven't tried it. That's just a review. And uh, you know, I'm a proud BlackBerry user. But they said that the uh, the touch typing is is kind of the suck. So you might you might want to try that. Like go to the store. But I just go to the, just to ask them to fire it up and let you let you try it out, which they will do. Um, so I mean, I got nothing to say about the BlackBerry. Uh, bad to say about the BlackBerry. But I guess they I guess they're thinking this one needs like a little bit of a. A little bit of an upgrade. So, so only version two Yeah, maybe. But again, that's only based on you know some some of the things I've read. I, you know, in every other way, I guess it's uh, I guess it's wonderful. So there you go. Uh, Part two. All right. Twilight rocked the box office last night. It took on in seven million dollars just your midnight showings. Uh, Fandango is selling five Twilight tickets per second. They sold more than one thousand Twilight midnight showtimes last night in advance and online. Uh, so let's talk to uh, some of the people who are in this motion picture. This is Kristen Stewart. She said the actors were well prepared for their roles because of the book. We lived with the book. We had three weeks of pre-production. And so there was no question when we started shooting what we were doing. It's not like we had to say, like, wow, we need, we need a longer rehearsal today because we, we need to get the scene straight. The vampire named Edward is played by Robert Pattinson. He says audiences should easily buy into this premise. I mean, I was trying to humanize it as much as you can. There, there is obviously the leap where you said, like, okay, if you get bitten a big by accent. when you live forever, you have all so stuff. Douchey. But I mean, yeah. I found it quite easy to just accept once you know the facts of their existence. I, I found it quite easy just to accept that. And I want to see that, see that, guy, that guy is so annoying. Just, I don't, I've never heard him speak until this moment, but his hair and his face and everything is, is so he annoying. the guy with the big blonde yeah. hair who looks all broody? Yeah, who has like the big puffed up and like hair. a huge forehead. Like Luke Perry of a new generation. Totally, exactly. Mm-hmm. I hate that guy. Just on sight. Me too. Me too. He Tim, do you guy. hate him? Hate him. Excellent. Let's play a clip in this scene. Bella tries to get Edward to reveal more about him. Bella. You know your mood swings are kind of giving me whiplash. Your what? Your mood swings are good. I only said it'd be better if we weren't friends. Now that I didn't want to be. What does that mean? I can't open my mouth otherwise. Because if you were smart, you'd stay away from me. Because he's dangerous. Okay, well, let's do for argument's sake that I'm not smart. I can see what you're trying to put off. But I can see that it's just to keep people away from you. It's a mask. Did you tell me the truth? No, probably not. And apparently, what she wore at the red carpet premiere in Los Angeles bombed. I wish I was dead. All right, uh, let's take a break. Back after this, uh, Scott Daly from Film Fever Radio. Later on, more from uh, Tim Riley. Like us at three. Mike O'Mara show at seven. Oh, I never did it. We never did our uh, our big announcement. Ooh, we, we shall know. after the break. I thought we made several today. Well, I, that is true, Tim. We've been jam packed full of exciting happenings. Uh, well, we'll do it when we come back. Uh, and We're then, give away a, a collector's plate. <laughs> we sh- we totally should. We should give away a Tim Riley collector's coin. You know, yeah. like with you gazing towards the sky, mm-hmm. like Superman. That'd be nice. Back after this on the Rick Emerson Show. By Grab Star's hammer, by the Sons of War Band, I shall avenge you. Next. Oh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Hello, Scott Dowling. How are you, sir? Hello. Talk amongst Lord. yourselves. I dropped my pants. No problem. Uh, yo, I'm good. You know, the whole Sarah Palin thing. Did uh, you that see video, the video? It's, it's yeah. fantastic. What's fantastic about it is the fact that she was there originally to pardon a turkey for Thanksgiving slaughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing that ever. Out, that didn't work out well for the others. 
But the slack-jawed yokel standing behind the camera was the best thing. <laughs> and that is blood, by the way. Rick, I know that you didn't want me to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. They cut, they cut up, open its neck and then drain the blood out. That's what they're doing well, there. Well, of course. So it's, not, so it's all blood spattery. So, but, is it, but is it actually called a killing cone? Do yeah. we know that that's actually what it's called? Cone, yeah. Is that like the crying game? Yeah. That nothing is going to top Timmy the killing cones from outer space. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. And the be- it's like he's never seen a TV camera before. <laughs> Their mouth is a game. It's like occasionally you'll see those National Geographic things where they fly over some tribe that doesn't know what an airplane is. And they're all looking up, like wondering what the big metal screechy bird in the sky is. Totally. That's how that guy's looking at the TV camera. Jesus. You can see that at RileyLive.com. Oh, no, Sam Wilson. Mine. Now, ShamWow is at Sarah X Dillon. I saw that ShamWow ad like last week oh, on yeah. CNN. That guy with the with the Backstreet Boys headphone. But, it's, but the <gasps> best part thing. is when he's he's comparing the ShamWow <laughs> to the paper towel. The ShamWow lasts for ten years, and he's holding the towel over his mouth because, as Sarah pointed out, clearly the lawyers haven't decided how much time they can say the ShamWow lasts for. Towels and your money away. The mini ShamWows are for everything, for everyday use. This lasts ten years. This lasts a week. <laughs> I never noticed that. Like uh, ten years. Seriously, and yeah, watch it. And he, he puts you, it in front of his mouth. And he's holding the ShamWow completely <laughs> over in a totally unnatural motion. It, I, I've, I've seen it actually, okay, but what, yeah. but what it reminds me of is before Metallica came through town. Like I think KFO was running that Metallica. You know, Metallica's coming to rock. Portland. Oh, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> this is Lars. I can't oh. wait to see you all in Portland. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's pretty genius. Uh, so it's 2.15. We'll talk. We have a high concept Friday we'll do here in a few. Later on, uh, Tim Riley and uh, so forth. Uh, all right, so Scott Dowley, though. Now you are now you didn't see Twilight. I did not see what Twilight. What did you do with it? You just like eh, it looks bad. I'd choose no, not to see. No, no, there was there was actually a mix up. Uh, we we were supposed to get, we, as we always do. We are Film Fever Radio. Don't they know who we are? Mm-hmm. Uh, we get invitations for screenings all the time. All the big you know Quantum of Solace. We got Star Wars. You know the Dark Knight. We did all that stuff, and um, but we never got an email for Twilight. And so, on this week's show of Film Fever Radio, uh, since Aaron and I didn't see it, we have our unpaid te- intern, Kat, and Bobby come in and review the film for us. Sort of a female perspective of, of the film. Well, the screening was Monday night, right. and uh, they, Kat, called me and said, Scott, we're here trying to get in, but, you know, they said you had to RSVP to get in. And it was just a, just a, just a big mess trying to get in and get things going. Uh, so, A, I didn't know about the screening until, like, this last weekend, and, B, I couldn't have gone anyway because Monday nights I have my kids. So let me ask you just the bottom line. On a scale yeah. of 1 to 10, how disappointed are you that you missed Twilight? Uh, a 10 being very disappointed, 1 being not at all. Yeah. 1. All right. I had no desire. I knew nothing about this. I know nothing about this series. Uh, I didn't learn about it until I was, I was uh, you know, driving in my, my local town of St. Helens. I had big lights and right. movie set. Like, what's going on here? No, oh, I mean, Twilight. You know, oh, cool. And I will be reading the books, but Sarah's right. That guy, that lead no, guy looks like such reader. a douche. Yeah, he's just no. like, he... And, uh, and he, just that, I wish, I want Tim to play that clip again so everyone can hear how ridiculous that guy is. Is he the, the guy with the British, the kind of fake-sounding British actor? Yeah, with the big Thick eyebrows and the horrible hair. No, and he's got like the Beavis hair. And he played uh, Cedric Cedric Diggory in uh, Harry Potter. The no, fourth one. Yes. really? Yes. You're right. Same guy. Same guy. And the girl, Kristen Stewart, is Jodie Foster's daughter in Panic Room. Uh, it's all very confusing. I know. Well, in any event, but you know what? It's going to do huge. It's Twilight. I mean, it's 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 a it's a monster. It's it's the popular. I guess there's Twilight moms apparently who take their tween daughters. I bet they're not. I hate the word tween. I know. So I do too. I bet the Twilight moms aren't at all pathetic looking. No, or drive minivans. <laughs> I, or... I bet they don't at all look like they just came from the Torrid store. <laughs> 
You don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, the Twilight gear. Seriously, no, you know it's like a bunch of like... All covered in lace and pleather. <laughs> Like a great album it's amazing that Stevie Nicks never pleasure. wrote a song called that. <laughs> Sometimes it's pleather and lace. <laughs> All right. Well, in any event. But, uh, but, yeah, so, you know, I have... So, uh, what, you're reviewing upcoming films. So, not only review upcoming films, but I do want to talk about some stuff that are coming up in... Now, here we are, we're coming in the winter season, right? We've got Thanksgiving, yes. big movie release year. Christmas, big movie release. But this year we had the writer's strike. So the, the the big, big one, the new Harry Potter film, Half-Blood Prince. Now, when is was, that coming it out? It was supposed to come out last week, but it got pushed to June or July of next year. Half-Blood Prince. Right. Which opened the door for Twilight. I mean, this is this huge thing. I mean, you look at Twilight, you get Harry Potter, they're right. kind of right. along the same right. lines uh, as far as popularity. But as far as quality, I, I would imagine that there, there's no comparison. Anyway, so this year we don't have a lot of really huge movies coming out. I mean, We've I can't got... think of anything that's on the horizon that I'm really, like, been, that I've been tracking. I'm curious about the day the Earth stood still. Just curiosity. Uh, I'm curious about that new Tom Cruise, Cruise flick. Oh, Valkyrie. No, no, no. I'm actually... Now, see, that I'm interested in. You know what throws me off, though? He doesn't use a German accent. Really? And I, I'm glad that he doesn't... He, and at least he doesn't try... Is it the thing where way, everybody around him is in a German accent, and he's like, hey, so yeah. anyway, I'm German. Find the trailer. It's it's really... It looks really good. The story sounds great. Brian Singer's directing it back to kind of doing what he does best. But... When Cruz talks, like, ah, dude, is he? Right. It's a dumb question. Is he playing a German character? He's a Nazi. He, he's he's a, he's a Nazi. He's an American Nazi. He's an American Nazi. Is that like American Ninja? <laughs> Tom Cruise is American Nazi, but he has a patch over one eye. He doesn't have a German accent. He doesn't have a German. He does have a patch. Find the trailer. You'll you'll see exactly. He has what a talking patch about. on his eye. Yeah, yeah. It's a true story. It's, it's I, about, was, it's about, I was really excited. It's about a high-ranking Nazi officer who, who plans to assassinate Hitler. But he does like the Kevin Costner, just like, I'm not going to use an accent. I don't think he even tries. I think Costner at least tried occasionally. Costner and his, like, weird, so his, like, surfer dude Robin totally. Hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, not, there's no way trying in this one. So I have to be honest. Really I'm kind of pulling for Tom Cruise, though. I really am. I'm I sort always, of rooting for him. I always pull for Cruise. I, my, my, uh, my girlfriend and I watched uh, Magnolia the other night. She'd never seen it before. Yeah. And, man, that guy... Now, I'm talking to Joni about this. That I'm, you know, Tom Cruise himself is obviously still like a loon, but I'm rooting for the return of Tom Cruise, the actor. That's the thing. I'm rooting because he can act. He's That's a good actor. I completely agree. You know, you know, here's the thing. You go back and watch Jerry Maguire. You know, whatever you think of that movie, he really sells. That's a great performance. He really sells it in Jerry Maguire. I mean, if you look at any movie. Well, not every movie he's done, but he really sells it a lot of things. I thought he was great in the first Mission Impossible. Uh, he was fantastic in, in Magnolia. Um, you know, Jerry Maguire is yeah. a great example. I mean, go back to the real time. Risky Business. Go back and watch Risky Business. He's yeah. still really, All the right really moves. Good. All the right moves. Yeah. Taps. Not yeah. Taps. Uh, no, he's in red. Taps. No, no, he's in Taps. No, okay, he's totally taps. in Taps. Roop and I, that's one of the first things years and years ago that Jim Roop and I bonded about because he was talking about the, this was like seven, eight years ago. Roop yeah. was doing some story about Sean Penn, and, uh, who's actually in a film we'll be talking about here in a second. But Sean Penn was... Uh, he was talking about Sean Penn, and I made him one of my kind of like weird backhand references. Like, oh, I'm more of a Taps era Sean Penn. And Roop was like, dude, Taps! And we started bonding about that. And Roop does the best imitation of Tom Cruise in the movie. Have you ever seen the movie Taps? No. Oh, you got to see it. It's, it's great. A great movie. Is it a military movie? Yes. Sort of, but it's... Which has always been off-put by military nah, movies. It's military school. No, 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 hold it, but it's hold it, but it's, different. And it's not a war movie, though. It's a different no. I know, just like even military ones. But okay, but I'll no, 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 but, but it's the gimmick. you got to hear the gimmick, though. It's not a military movie as such. It's about, a, it's about a bunch of teenage kids at, like, a military, like, school, like an academy in New England or whatever. And then, like, the government goes to close the school down. And so, like, the kids revolt and, like, totally take over the military school, like, as an army. 
and it's just like the craziest, weirdest movie. Okay, that and sounds kind of cool. Yeah, but it's kind of a cool, creepy concept, and it's all so it's like cool ties minus the terrorists. Exactly. But it's like imagine if like they went to close down Hogwarts, and suddenly all the wizards are like, no, and they like ban the you know man the brigade with wands or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. like, but it's all worth it for the sequence when Tom Cruise. Who was like 14 or something? He's in the window with like a belt-fed machine gun, yes, just firing <laughs> blindly into a crowd, and then he turns at the camera and goes, "It's beautiful, man!" <laughs> and then goes back to <laughs> out the window. Rube does the best impression of that line. Oh, we gotta find it's that. It's beautiful, man. We gotta have that next time. Is it like uh, Tom Cruise, like circa like legend? Eighty. Oh, oh no, way, way before that. He was a teenager. Yeah, he yeah. was like he was really like, young in that. He was like 14, 15. It's George C. Scott. Uh, Timothy Hutton, Sean, Sean Penn, Penn, and they were, Sean Penn must have been, I mean, maybe they were older than that, but they look really young. I Sean Penn was, was a teenager, too. I think it was even pre-Risky Business. Yeah. It was like 80, 81. Yeah. It was, it's wow. one of the first things, I think it might be the first movie that Sean Penn was ever in, of any note. So, it's kind of hokey, but it's, it's pretty, uh, but it's great. No, it doesn't hold up too well, but it's still, it's, it's a good, it's a good watch. It's all worth it just to see Tom Cruise play crazy at the end. <laughs> so, it's, it's beautiful. So yeah. Um, another one I'm really looking forward to, Gus Van Sant. He's back. I mean, back in a big way with Milk. Uh, Sean, speaking of Sean Penn, plays uh, Harvey Milk. Um, now it was he, he was the uh, he was the oh, first openly gay politician in San Francisco to try to be city supervisor, right. and right. Uh, it's a pretty tragic story. He he spoilers lol. He was uh, assassinated. Uh, you shouldn't say lol before you talk about a guy being assassinated. Oh. <laughs> Just a little Sorry. FYI. Yeah, good point. Good Maybe point. But anyway, it's got social Sh- coof, you know. Sean Penn, uh, Josh Brolin, um, Emil Hirsch is in it. It looks it looks really really good. I guess last week um, here at the here in Portland, um, there's a big gala. A to do. A big to do. Yes. Was Sean Penn oh, no. here? Somebody told me Sean Penn. No, Penn's. Sean Penn. But James Franco was here. I, uh, by the way, I know. Uh, was it James Franco? Uh, we, we know somebody who went out to dinner with James Frank. Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. Who? Uh-oh. Ah, I can't okay. there. No, right. no, I'll, I'll tell you Microphone's later. On. No, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. But I, sure. I don't say no. I'll tell you later. Okay. I know somebody that had dinner with James Franco. <laughs> well, he was here last weekend. Like there. on a date? I didn't know. Well, no, I, I don't. All I know is, all I know is what I know. I know somebody who had dinner with James Franco. James Franco, uh, I believe, is, uh, he's married or something, isn't he? I, don't I mean, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't so. matter to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I, I know somebody who had dinner with him. See, now it's become a whole thing. There are two. Well, I hope it, I hope I it was okay to say that. I wish that I was that somebody. Well, you didn't say who it was. Um, it but, was me. But have you, uh, have you, have you, got, have you guys seen uh, The Times of Harvey Milk? No. It's a documentary about, you know, about, about his career and about his assassination. It is, I, I mean, it was made years and years ago. I saw The Times of Harvey Milk, which is, again, a brilliant documentary. It was at Cinema 21 some years back. And I have to say, it is so great and, like, angering. And as I imagine this Gus Van Sant movie is... It is so inspiring and angering at the same time, where you walk out of there and you're kind of like, you know, you, you're kind, you're kind of inspired to fight for change and you know all that stuff. But at the same time, you just walk out of there and you're just so angry and just ready to like renounce all of humanity. It's wow. kind of, you know, when I saw the Times of Harvey Milk, which I think you can rent almost anywhere, you got to see it. It is, you walk out of there with what I call that Schindler's List vibe. Oh yeah. You know, do you remember, do, do, I don't know if you all saw Schindler's List in the theater. But oh, remember, yeah. you walk out of the Schindler's List and there was no like, let's go to Denny's. You know, let's hang out. It was a whole little. I'm gonna go home and sit in a blackened room. I saw Schindler. We for all humanity. I saw Schindler's just opening night in Concord, California, in this huge theater, probably four or five hundred seat theater. And when it was over, the lights went up. Nobody. No, moved. nobody no talks. One spoke. We just all sat no, there. For I'm three gonna minutes. go weep in the. I'm gonna go yeah. weep in the closed confines of my car. 
Uh, and so that's what the, apparently the milk, uh, this milk cream is really good. Well, you know, Van Sant, man, I, I really, I've, I've always liked him as a director. Uh, he's gone a little off the beaten path with the, his last few films. Right. Uh, but you know what, man, when he delivers, he delivers, and I'm excited to see what he does. It's the right time milk. for that movie to come out, too. Yeah, it really is. You know, it really all is. Of the, 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 Especially you know, the anti-gay crap that's yeah. going around. Uh, the one I'm really looking forward to more than anything is Frost Nixon. Oh, dude, that is, I am, oh, I, I'm th- telling you, I am, I am over the moon with excitement about that. Me too. Uh, Me too. The, and it's Ron Howard. Ron right? Howard's doing it. Yeah. Frank Langella and uh, not yeah Frank Langella and Michael Sheen. Langella plays Nixon, uh, reprising his role from the Broadway play right. of the same name, uh, which is basically a story about Howell's infamous uh, Rich, uh, uh, Richard Nixon and David Frost interviews. David Frost, an yeah. interviewer from BBC, kind of came together after the whole water skate scandal broke down. And um, the struggles that Frost had to get Nixon to sit down. And once they sat down, the questions were just nothing. Nixon was not happy when yeah. it was all done. So this one looks fantastic. They're it's getting a lot of good buzz already. Legendary interviews. I'm a big fan of Frank Langella. I Frank do. Langella is the guy. He played William Paley in Good Night and Good Luck. He played, what's his name, uh, Perry White? Perry White, yep. Truth, justice, all that stuff. Yep. That guy from Superman. Yep. So yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, of he's he's really really good. And uh, okay. you know, and Ron Howard, I I've always liked. Yeah. So I no, mean, Ron Howard. I'm trying to think back. Okay, anybody? Bad Ron Howard film. You know what? I didn't like A Beautiful Mind. You know, I never saw that. It I looked didn't like see it looked either. like crap. To yeah. be fair, so. I would say it's bad. I just didn't like. He's it. not like Russell Crowe, or just the movie in general. In general, it in seemed general. a little too inspiring. My favorite Ron Howard film. film, though, is The Paper. Oh, dude, I, I, love I keep the trying paper. to get Sarah to watch The Paper. The Paper is a fantastic. What's film. great about The Paper is the film starts out nice and mellow, and as the film progresses, the tension and the the, the intensity just builds and builds and builds. It's like it, it's like a twelve hour day starts out really mellow. By the end of the day, things are hectic and crazy. And yeah. Is this the one you're talking about, Michael Keaton? Yeah, Michael Keaton. No, it's Actually, it goes from 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. Yeah. And it's about Michael Keaton. Basically, they won't call it the New York Post, but it's essentially the New York Post. And it is 24 hours in the life of Michael Keaton trying to nail down a story before the deadline for the next day's print edition. And meanwhile, Marissa Tomei is his wife. It's got Glenn Close. Yeah. And it's got whatever. It's got uh, what Jason Alexander from Seinfeld's mm-hmm. in it. Um, it's a great, great, great movie. Yeah, it's um, it's really, quite wonderful. Really, it's yeah. 90, what, 94, I think. Yeah, and it's got a gra- and it's got Spalding Gray before he was dead. That's right, it does. Obviously, yes. but it's yes. got it's got a great little speech though where Michael Keaton is. Um, uh, you know, he does this great little speech about living in New York. I don't want to cover the effing world. I don't live in the world. I live in New I York, effing city. Yeah, and Spalding yeah. Gray is this uppity, like, editor of, like, the, obviously the New York Times yeah. or something. But a job offer is rescinded, of yes. course. Right. Where are the times? Um, and really, the big one. I, I mean, I think the big one. I think the big holiday film this year is going to be the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I see. Now I'm thinking of all these movies. I said there wasn't anything I was looking I forward know, to. See, can I tell you the first time I saw that trailer? For the Curious, which is the new Fincher film, Fincher, right? Yep. It. Have you seen the trailer for the mm-hmm. Curious Case? It yeah. kind of took my breath away. It's, a, it's amazing. It yeah. looks I cannot phenomenal. Wait to see that movie. Yeah. It's basically Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett. Brad Pitt stars as a man who ages in reverse, so yeah. he's very old when he's young, and and as as time goes on, he gets younger and younger and younger. Right. Um. And it's a Fincher film. Apparently, it's like two and a half, almost three hours. It's unlike anything Fincher's ever done before. It's got a sweet story behind it. Um. You know, we just got a screening invite for it last week, so I'm really really excited for the Curious Case of Benjamin. And it's uh, it's based on a, a story by F. Scott Fitzgerald, okay, which I've never read, uh, but which is apparently very yeah. uh, well thought. And one little one coming up too, uh, the wrestler Darren Aronofsky's with uh, see, again. There's another one that yeah. I'm excited for. Yes, I'm glad you. I'm glad we glad you brought this see, list and did not see it. Thank you. Early, I rec- early on, we were 
We were being mean because yes, we you thought were. you were just slacking by not wanting to see <laughs> Twilight. By we, you mean you. <laughs> Me. No, and you're like, I have this list of upcoming films, and I was like, punt. <laughs> Seriously, I totally thought it was like, no, that's like when, that's like when you come up with like, uh, here's some DVD releases. I, um, that uh, The Wrestler. That looks so unbelievably depressing, but great. Darren Aronofsky, mm -hmm. Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke is in it. Marissa Tomei. Uh, Marissa Tomei, Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, it, it's, Mickey Rourke is uh, is a washed-up pro wrestler yeah. who tries to get back into the game. All of, you know, uh, and if you've seen, performance style, I guess. And if you've ever seen, like, Beyond the Mat, which is a documentary about pro wrestling, there's this heartbreaking scene. I was talking to Big Jim about this yesterday, because uh, I guess there's some. I guess there's some some video online right now of um, uh, it's not it's not uh, is it Bret Hart? Anyway, some video online right now of a pro wrestler, and I guess he's just it's a bad scene. But um, if you ever saw Beyond the Mat, which is the documentary about pro wrestling, there's this heartbreaking sequence of Jake the Snake Roberts, who was a huge D. He was a big deal in pro wrestling. I remember Jake the Snake. Yeah, he was yeah. at WrestleMania. I mean, he was a big international star. And in Beyond the Mat, they show him now. And he's like, he's doing these backwater wrestling things at high school gymnasiums. He's like 65, you know, he's hooked on drugs and, you know, it's just heartbreaking when you watch it and it's all he knows how to do. He never figured out how to do anything else for a living. Wow. So he's like some 60 year old guy. I mean, this is in real life. Some 60 year old guy having to do these dirt, dirt water, you know, towns with these bad pro wrestling things for a crowd of like a hundred people. You know, staying in some flea bag motel. It's just terribly depressing. And this is apparently sort of a film version of that kind of story. Exactly. So. You know, with Aronofsky directed, who did Pie. Requiem uh, for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, he knows how to yeah, break your soul. He, he knows how to grab your heart and tear it out of your chest. I'm not going to be wanting to do that. <sighs> right. So, yeah. So, so you know, not a, not a lot of marquee big stuff coming up this year. I mean, you got your Adam Sandler bedtime story right. crap. You, get, you know, you got your typical stuff. But, I mean, these are really the ones that I'm looking out for, and I figured, you know, Excellent. the audience can look out for it as well. Take a break. Back after this, Tim Riley and High Concept Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. We'll turn next. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-3970. Mere moments. Tim Riley joins us. More news. I'm just saying. Yeah, so I hold this uh, Chinese democracy up in my hand. I still you haven't listened to it. it. You have yet to listen to it. Because I'm kind of more interested in just, just the, by the fact existence? that it, that's the thing. Like, really, it's actually the, in your hand. The impressive thing is that it just it exists. <laughs> um, I mean, listening to it. I mean, if it's really great, then I guess that's you know a little bit of that's a, that's the cherry on top. But I mean, come on, really? You think so? Uh, apparently, that single we played yesterday, that song "Better," the one that uh, you liked, Sarah. I guess the general consensus is that's the best thing on the record. So I mean, it's, it's okay. a good song. I've heard some of the others. This is a song called "IRS" that I quite like. So um, I've heard most of these in kind of leaked versions over the years, but and some uh, of them are just so bad. Yeah. So there you go. Didn't you see them when they came by uh, through town like two years ago? I didn't pay. In my own defense, it was free. No, but you went anyway. I mean, you sneezed, what was it? Sneezing and I went. What was that um, like? It was bad. It was I mean, bad. Look, we didn't. Well, I'll tell you this: we didn't stay for the whole thing. <laughs> no, I mean that's show. it. Yeah. I mean, look, I, you yeah. know, I'm a huge Axl Rose fan. Oh yeah, I love Guns and Roses. I saw them just like you did. I saw them at the Kingdom in '91. Right. This was, I guess, last year, maybe. So 16 years later, um, Sneezing and I went, and about. An hour and a half into the show, he looks at me, and we had great seats, by the way, and Sneeman looks at me and he goes, 
You mind if we leave to beat traffic? I'm like, let's go. <laughs> like, I didn't even have to consider it. He's like, do you want to? I'm like, yes. Let's leave now. Maybe we can hit Taco Bell. So that's, uh, you know, th- there you go. I mean, it was just a bunch of guys on stage, all of whom looked like Izzy Stradlin, uh, you know, an actor with his weird, shiny plastic surgery face. And, and like, like that hair. Extension. He didn't have braids. I mean, he just had, like, normal, whatever, long, stringy hair. But he had, but he looks all waxen, you know. It's shiny. Like, <laughs> I, it's like... Because I think he's had, and again, I look. Rick Emerson passes no judgment on cosmetic surgery. I'm just saying it looks bad. It's like too much. Like he's had a lot of liposuction, a lot of tightening. His face is too taut and shiny. Like too much of his insides have been taken out. Well, it's just like it just it, transparent. It just looks like somebody literally has just taken like, like a bunch of wax oh. and just it just is very tight and very. B- shiny looking. I, I remember it, his shiny apple cheeks from pictures, but it's been a long time since I've seen. And I think it's. Ca- I think it's like his face's natural elasticity is gone because he's just had it taken in so much. You know, it's just a bad. Anyway, and they they and they sounded like crap. So anyway, there you go. No, it's not free, so you. Don't, I mean, it's because I didn't, you didn't pay lose anything. Like, so, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, no. from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. You remember that story a couple of months ago about the two men that dressed up as bank guards posted an out-of-order Santa over the slots for night deposits? In that... Southeast? No. This at, happened at my bank. I believe it was at a Wells Fargo and Tiger. Oh, I thought, see, I guess I was just assuming it was the Wells Fargo Wait, by my your, house. Your exact <laughs> bank? The one you work at? Uh, no, I work at I work at Montgomery Park, but for my company. I can tell you exactly what branch it is, though. Let's, yeah, let's not. They, no, they, it's okay. they've, had enough, well they've had enough trouble. <laughs> So the guards were in blue uniforms, had security badges, identification cards, had guns. And they were arrested. They were fake. Uh, 20-year-old Sterling Hooten and 19-year-old Randall Thiel have been sentenced to just 30 days in jail by a liberal judge. What? 30 days in jail. How much money did they get? doesn't say. They never, they never announced that. They have to pay $924 in restitution. What? Well, they must have only gotten $924. More than likely. I mean, that's an oddly specific and small thing. Really? That's all you have to pay? Yeah. So dress up as a guard. I wish, you know, Tim, uh, what we need in this country is a little law and order. A little less socialism and a little more uh, hang em highism. That's what we need in this country, Tim. He's a liberal judge. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Time for the Britney Watch. Yay. Seriously. But that's robbing a bank. Yeah. 30 days for robbing? I mean, I hate to sound like everybody's dad, but come on, man. I I can tell you they got more than $924. Really? Yeah. They kept some. So you're saying that Wells Fargo is easy to rob? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you, they got more. For ingenuity. Tim Riley with your Britney watch for Friday. Britney's manager says she's ready for a comeback. Although Britney admits in a new film that she totally lost her way, lost focus, lost herself. That won't stand in the way of her comeback, says her manager. She's definitely ready, says Larry the manager, following a sneak peek at Britney's riveting MTV documentary, Britney for the Record, airing November 30th. She loves to work. She's a very strong person. Everyone goes to setbacks in their life. But every day I see her getting happier and stronger. One of her greatest victories this year were gaining visitation of Preston, who's three, and Jaden, two. 
Her sons with ex-husband Kevin Federline, so while her musical comeback is important, Spears made it clear that motherhood comes first. Of course it does, Tim. Her kids are balancing her life, and that's an important priority. The you number one priority in terms of how I operate with her. Don't you think that somebody needs to do like a truth or dare style documentary with her, though? Uh-huh. I mean, I'd watch that. If somebody did, if somebody could do, I mean, a truth or dare is obviously very staged mm-hmm. and scripted. Yeah. But if I somebody, like that movie, though. No, it's great. I mean, it's but that's one of those things where, you know, Madonna very carefully was obviously stage managing a lot of that. But, um, but you know, a sort of truth or dare style documentary of Britney Spears, I'd probably watch that. So, all right. Spears' boys can be seen in the film, which follows the pop star over three months as she records her upcoming album, Circus, wins big in September's MTV uh, Video Awards, and speaks frankly about her problems, including her failed relationship with Federline and Justin Timberlake. I just want somebody to ask her about showing her period panties, though. That's the question I want. Out of it's everything, like a, that's the one. No, you're obsessed with her period panties. <laughs> Look, because it's cause like it's cause like everybody's pretending it didn't happen. No, no, no. You I, you want know, the truth to be told. No, it's it. like I mean, she keeps talking about, well, you know, my marriage was difficult. Everybody's going, like, you showed us your crotch, and it was all bloody. bloody. <laughs> Should they be on display somewhere? I, you know what? Uh, when you walk into movie madness with all the rest of the memorabilia. <laughs> Hermetically sealed tapes. <laughs> He's right there at the Hard Rock Cafe, <laughs> next to the signed lyrics by Mick Jagger. And there you go. There's. I mean, the, like, the, nobody ever, it's like how no one ever asked the, the auto guys yesterday, like, you're a jackass. Why are you taking $28 million in salary, you dick? Mm-hmm. Uh, they just never asked. Nobody has ever said, tell us about showing us your under things so bloody. What's that? Was that? You know, what, like, what was the thought process? Like the head shaving. Nobody's ever like, why were you shaving your head? Mm-hmm. Just the unanswered questions that bug me. All right. Is that the Britney watch? That is the end of the Britney watch. Right. Britney watch, and then we'll make a little announcement here, Tim. You'll be excited to hear this. Michael Arcade, ladies and gentlemen. The eminently huggable pop supergroup from Portland. All right, there you go. Uh, all right, so uh, we'll get some calls here in a second. We'll take a break, come back, more from Scott Daly. Uh, don't forget, Musicology this coming Sunday, by the way. 7 to 9 this Sunday, Adam Thompson and Kristen Bowie hosting Musicology. And two weeks from this Sunday. Is that right? Wait, two weeks from, yes. Two weeks from this Sunday, Sunday, December 7th, 6 p.m., Right here on this very fine radio station, uh, AM 970 is proud to return an American institution to the airwaves, uh, the return of the live radio drama. It returns to AM 970, Sunday, December 7th, 6 p.m., CBS Radio Theater, uh, emanating from this very studio. Will it be live? Yes, it will, Tim, live without a net radio. Outstanding. Sunday, December 7th, 6 p.m., live radio drama coming to you from this studio. It's actually going to be two... Uh, an episode each of two different radio sagas uh, airing live here, live acting, live sound effects, uh, music, everything. No, uh, no, 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 no retakes, no editing, no Pro Tools, nothing. Live from here, CBS Radio Theater. There's going to be two different series, one episode each. Uh, the first is called AZ, uh, and it takes place in modern-day Portland, Oregon, contemporary Portland, Oregon, uh, after the zombie apocalypse has begun. Who uh, plays AZ? Uh, the it actually has several voice actors, uh, some from within our own building, Tim. And the and you'll be happy to hear this one. The second series. It's going to be one episode each of two series. It's going to be called The Crimson Mist. 
It is a superhero serialized radio drama taking place in 1943 Portland, Oregon. Sweet. I so like it. It, will take, it will take place in 1943 Oregon, uh, The Crimson Mist. So uh, written by Aaron Durand, directed by Jason Crump, uh, starring a, a cast of, uh, of many, many folks. Some of I whom love that recognize. our friends are so smart. It's going to be pretty great. So that CBS Radio Theater live drama from this studio begins Sunday, December 7th. 6 p.m. So be listening for details on that and so forth. Are we breaking? Yeah, let's knock up the last break. All right, take a break. Come back after this. Uh, if you'd like to get on for the top of the hour, now is your chance to do it, friends and neighbors. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Back after this, Scott Daly and more. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are terrible. We're going to be number one. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of our show. Uh, tomorrow, Car and Driver Radio, 6 to 9. Miles Around with Dennis Pittsburgh, 9 to 11. Uh, Musicology, 7 to 9 on Sunday night with Adam Thompson and Kristen Bowie. Uh, and then uh, we return on Monday and so forth. All right. It's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to um, uh, slide on in here before we uh, before we end things. 503 503- Seven three three two nine seventy. Scott Daly, what is up at the filmfeverradio.com? Uh, a new show will be up uh, probably by six or so this evening. We've got. I'm, I'm taking editing duty this week, so um, you know life kind of gets in the way of things. But I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, this week's show, like I said, we earlier we have Cat and uh, Bobby doing a review of Twilight, and then we dissect the Star Trek trailer. Uh, Aaron being a massive Star Trek right. uh, nerd, and is Bobby excited being excited about it. You got to tune in the show, Sarah Dillon. Oh, look yeah. at you. That's, a good <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, and we also do some movie news and uh, just just good times. Also up is our Star Trek First Contact commentary. Is that the one with James Cromwell week. or the guy that I always think is James Cromwell? It is James Cromwell, is and yes, I believe it is. Is James Crom- Cromwell also the guy in Clear and Present Danger? No. that's His name is Donald you know what I'm talking about? That I guy. I do. I do. The president. The guy who played the president. Barking at me like a junkyard dog. Uh-huh. Yeah, that yeah, guy? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they look exactly the same. But mm-hmm. no. So first contract commentary is up now. November being our our annual Star Trek movie month. So right. that's fine. that's available too. So uh, when is the, the Star Trek movie actually coming out? May 9th, 2008. Oh, Have you seen the trailer for it? Christmas. Have you seen the trailer for it there? Not yet. Go to go to geekinthecity.com. It's mm-hmm. there. It's it look it looks pretty. It looks kind of cool. Cool. Yeah. No, we're no, I'm sorry. I was shaking my head. It looks I. Hey, look, I, I'm just going to make this one observation. Uh, here's my, my observation about that Star Trek trailer. Is that, hey, Richie Bristol, will you do me a favor? Will you see if Kristen Bowie is in the kitchen? And if so, would you have her uh, walk into the studio here real briefly? We've got a couple minutes here. If you would have uh, Kristen Bowie enter the studio, that'd be great. Uh, my whole, here's my only thing about it. And I was talking to Court about this. Is that, like, and I gave kind of a long version of this the other day, but Shatner, like, as Shatner's fame has gone up, the credibility and respectability of Star Trek has gone down because all of Shatner's fame is based on being corny and being mm-hmm. kooky. 
And that, of course, has hurt the stock of Captain Kirk. And Captain Kirk himself, over the years, has become just kind of a joke. Because Shatner realized that was the only way he was ever going to make any money and become, you know, an icon. And so, when I'm watching the trailer, and, and the kid goes like, you know, the, what is your name? My name is James Tiberius Kirk. God help me, I laughed. Really? As soon as he said, I mean, maybe that's just me. As soon as he said, my name is James Tiberius Kirk, I giggled. And I can tell you, the first, if somebody does that in the theater, it's over. Yeah. Somebody laughs uh, at, the, at James Tiberius Kirk in the theater, it's over. Did you see the trailer? He, he's getting it on with the green alien. See, but that's the other thing. They can't, <laughs> like, they ought to know you can't have Kirk getting it on with some girl in the trailer, because then he just, then it's like he just goes right back to being the The, the, the cad, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he goes right back to being, like, the cartoon version the, the, which is one of the reasons why nobody can take that show seriously right now. Anyway, it's just, I just—I mean, I'm no one to tell J.J. Abrams what to do. But I it mean, it's just cool. But I'm just—you know—I'm not a big Star Trek fan to begin with. But obviously, it's um, whatever. Yeah. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson show. Hello there. Hello, Rick Emerson. Dante, the cab driver here. What do you got? I just wanted to let everybody know that there's a jackknife truck just south of the Ross Island Bridge on I-5 northbound. So. Oh. Wait, south of, of the wait. So that's on this side on I-5 northbound, like you're going to like Fry's Electronics. Uh, uh, Northbound, like you're going to uh, uh, Washington. Yes. Uh, wh so that's bad. Is it across? I mean, is it like w uh, covering all the lanes? What is the deal? Yeah, they say they've got. It, it's closed down. There is debris everywhere. Avoid it like the plague. Jesus. All right. Well, there you go. I hope everybody's okay. Try to avoid that if, if all lanes are closed. Yeah. 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 Bad. Uh, northbound, all lanes are closed, and. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you for the update, sir. Thanks, Dante. All right. Thank All you. Right, there you go. All right. Well, no time to be fair to one of the And I didn't get to this Playboy twin thing. Well, we'll do it Monday. Uh, I want to thank CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Cantamount, James Roop, Lisa Desjardins, Dorothy Carson, Sarah from the National Enquirer, Scott Dowley from Film Fever Radio. Thank you. Dot com. Uh, car and Driver Radio tomorrow, 6 to 9. Miles around 9 to 11. Musicology, 7 to 9. With Adam Thompson and Kristen Bowie on Sunday, 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Amazon 70 The Talker in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper. Dave's in. Webmistress. Bridget from upstairs. And, of course, uh, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Donut with me, Reynolds. As always, thank you for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. I'm a hockey mom from Alaska. Oh, <laughs>